Welcome to the Missed Reps Podcast. My name is Kanal. I'm joined by Adam. How are you doing, Adam? Kanal, is that you, my friend? I haven't seen you in the past many moons since tis the last half, podcast. It's been half a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew we were going to do it. I, knew, I, lo- I love that little voice. I'm so glad I got it in. But the, man, the pompousness. I'm, yeah, yeah. But man, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, it's been a good week. I think I've had like I think I had personally some of my own down days, but I mean, that's life. You get back up, pick each other up again and all that good stuff. But that's where I'm at right now. How about you? I'm doing good. You know, feeling healthy, feeling wealthy. That's how, oh. that's how it'd be. Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't gone to a doctor in a long time, so that's probably why I feel healthy. The, mi- the minute they tell you, hey, man, you got high blood pressure. You, <laughs> <laughs> you feel that high blood pressure. <laughs> oh, you're going to feel that. But yeah. yeah, man, I'm glad you're doing good over there. Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a shout out for you, buddy, from uh, cousin Nick. Cousin Nick just got through our first podcast, our three hour one. Out of the blue, he texted me. He's like, "Adam is such a nerd." <laughs> oh, Do you remember? Man. You remember we, were, we talked a lot about anime in that first episode. <laughs> look, look, y'all. I'm just gonna put this out again. I am an anime lover. I love me some video games outside of all the sports. So, you know, so be it. I am that nerd and I embrace it. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for the shout out. Keep on watching those podcasts and share it with your friends and family. Yeah. And he uh, he also said that you were really well spoken. So that was the uh, that was the other side of that. Uh, Why, that thank text you, Nick. Why? Thank you. I don't know if he thinks that now after we started off the, uh, the <laughs> podcast talking like pompous 17th century British people. I got to have the wig too, right? We got the powdered <laughs> wigs and everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, man, let's let's get into it. What do you want to start off with uh for this uh podcast today? Yeah, let's let's get right into it. We got to we got to talk Russ, man. Uh-oh. Everybody's been talking Russ. And Russ, we, got, we, we trust, right? And Russ, we trust. Let him cook or get cooked. Man, oh, what is man. what are your thoughts on the situation over there in Bronco at in um, Broncos country? Well, we might as well just talk. We might as well just talk about like what was the travesty of like the worst Thursday night game ever in Thursday night games because Thursday, I mean, like for, for one, all the people out there that may not watch NFL back to back like this, Thursday night games have like the infamous thing of like being like two teams you don't feel like watching every time, and now it's with Amazon Prime for Thursday. It's like the, you could even say like on a theory that. And the NFL hates Amazon Prime for some odd reason, gives them the worst games. And this was one of them, unfortunately, um, which Russ got a lot of flack for. And I don't know if I see the same amount of flack for Matt Ryan uh, on the other side with the Colts. But um, yeah, that game was a travesty. What, yeah. what about you? I think so. I if if any of you follow us on our hand, on our socials you know follow us we're at miss reps on both twitter and instagram usually i'm on the on the twitter i was i was tweeting up a storm during that game and you know i was i was loving it you know i'm kind of like that like that bitter ex you know what i mean like he, he broke <laughs> he broke up with us you know what i mean that's what it came down to you know it it like the i think the reason that people have a lot of resentment Like people say, you know, when Russ came back to Seahawks, you know, or came back to um, Seattle for the first Mm -hmm. game of the season, he got booed. But if Bobby Wagner comes back or when Bobby Wagner comes back, he's going to get a standing ovation. And, you know, that tells you the the two sides of the paradigm, right? Because Mm -hmm. Bobby Wagner was let go, whereas Russ forced his own move. And, you know, it came down to there's a lot of resentment there. You know, like Seattle fans, he, you know, 
I don't know if Russ meant it when he said this, but he said when he came to Denver, you know, he wanted to come to a city that wanted to win. And meanwhile, all of us over here, you know, in Seattle fandom, we were like, dude, we've we've bent over backwards trying to get uh, trying to win with just you. Right. You know, we sold a kitchen sink just to, you know, put pieces around you just to make Mm -hmm. you, you know, have more success. I mean, it came down to and, you know, we'll 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 get into Richard Sherman's um, response (laughs) at the end of that game, because that that kind of sums it up. Right. We had to choose between our defense and our quarterback. Right. And, you know, it's a quarterback driven league. So we chose our quarterback and, you know, that we've been paying paying the uh, paying the dues ever since it it started. I mean, if you look far back enough, it started with when we traded a center by the name of Max Unger to mm, good times, to, good times. to New Orleans for Jimmy Graham, a, a tight end, a strictly, almost strictly receiving tight end, you know, basically a big wide receiver that, you know, in his route tree had mo- most of the routes in his route tree were routes that Russ can't throw. And, you know, it started with that. And, you know, we've just been slowly dwindling down to the point where we are right now. And, you know, Finally, he separates from us. You know, we get he gets he gets what he wants. He gets his move. Uh, I think he's got a little bit of buyer's remorse because I think, um, you know, if you're looking at it from the outside in, you know, you see what he's doing. You see what Gino is doing, who most people don't know. Even though he's been a backup quarterback for a long time, Gino is two years younger than Russ. I did not mm-hmm. know that. It, it blows my mind every time. You know, you see that Gino is consistently ranked above the, you know, in the in the top echelon at through week five. I mean, granted, he's been playing teams that don't have, you know, super elite defenses, maybe, but you know, he's in the upper echelon of quarterbacks right now. Meanwhile, Russ isn't, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of, um, you know, people looking people looking at each other like, you know, how did how did this happen, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with to your point on some of those. You have to also understand that it's not just like, I don't want this to be like a, we should all hate Russ thing. I, you know, I see how like you, you can be a little bit petty on your past QB. Nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I, cause I, I feel some of it too. It's just, we can't take some things too far. Like for instance, we got Jimmy Graham, but then we try to misuse Jimmy Graham in ways that we never would use. Well, excuse me, in ways that Jimmy Graham wouldn't work out. He's a receiving tight end. We try to use him for blocking. And that's what we've always tried to do, right? So you have people like um, uh, Will Disley and Colby Parkinson and now Noah Fant, which are like some bigger uh, tight ends that are actually willing to do the blocking and stuff like that. Not that Jimmy Graham wasn't willing to block, but he wasn't trained to do that, right, with our offense. Basically, we were misusing him as a piece than what he was. Similar to what I would say, what we did early on with Jamal Adams when we got him through the tra- uh, that mm-hmm. through that big trade. Um, the I mean, the final point with Russ while he was here, it's after and this is every team's going to have to go through this. You're going to get that one QB that works well with you. You have that rookie window to get at least one Super Bowl, which we did. After that, it's going to get a little bit tougher, especially once the league knows you. And, you know, you're trying, you have to pay him eventually, especially that first contract. We did. We paid him that contract. I think we also gave him the extension too. And then, um, of course, at that point, you can't really put that many pieces around him. I will kind of put some of this blame on Pete Carroll and John Schneider and how they were building the team around Russ as well. Because it's not just all on Russ, but I understand since, you know, we were paying him big money and we were expecting things. I get it. Mm-hmm. Just you can't take it fully out on a player, but... 
the stuff that like in Broncos when he went over there, I have a theory that um, his first game back in Seattle, he probably expected to be have some form of applause, but got booed and that maybe rattled him a little bit. Uh, his confidence a little bit, not like fully. I'm not going to say it's, you're, you're still prepped for the game. You got to expect a boo. But like at the same time, he probably just didn't think he was going to get booed heavy like that. But hey, it is what it is. He's out. And the thing with the Broncos fans, which you got to remember, they actually had Broncos had the game, but then they went to overtime. And then you saw a lot of Broncos fans just leaving the stadium. And that was so hilarious to me because I understand. Yeah, I mean, I like. It's like one of those things like, you know, it, as a fan, you're just like, I already know what's going to happen. There's no point in me sticking around. Like once you're in that kind of a that's just a it's a reflection of the the fan sentiment right now. Right. And, you know, like like I said, you know, I was I'm, I'm petty about it mainly because I felt like for a long time, the only reason I think we stuck it out with Russ for such a long time, because, you know, it, it is a quarterback driven league, like we said, but the opportunity of find or the the, the potential um, delay in finding a replacement quarterback, you know, a suitable re- replacement quarterback is something that looms over every team. You know, the you don't know what you're going to get as soon as you move on from, you know, your franchise quarterback. I mean, I think we our offense landed, you know, firmly on his feet with, you know, the way that we're running it with Geno, the offensive line pieces that we put in. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's tough taking that, you know, first step and, you know, I, it's, I mean, most, I think most fans aren't petty to the point where they just, you know, wish ill on him. I think most of us are actually kind of feeling sorry about it now because, you know, they see how, how brutal, like I was, like I said, I was on the Twitter, you know, while, while we were, um, while, while the game was going on and, you know, I was seeing what people were saying while the game was going on after the game was going on especially when he missed that throw. We got to talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I tweeted that live. I, 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 I saw that within an instant. Obviously, I got the, the camera angle. And I was like, yeah, Russ, didn't, Russ isn't going to make that throw. Like, I saw a receiver wide open. You know, everybody was playing man-to-man because they're they deep in the end zone uh, or deep in the mm-hmm. red zone. Saw Hamler go wide open. I, I pretty much knew Russ was locked on on the left side of the field and didn't, w- wouldn't see Hamler until it was too late. You know, it's 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 kind of things like that that we we as Seahawks fans were well aware of, because, like I said, like I, like we say, our job is to watch the Seahawks game, <laughs> like that's the game we we guaranteed are to watch. So we know every pretty much all of our players like shortcomings as well as strengths, right? And having that, mm-hmm. um, you know, having 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 Russ is you know he'll do the he'll do the highlight reel plays. But he'll miss those basic throws, and I think that's that. I think that's I the um, the thing that fans are com- kind of learning now. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was as simple as we thought. Now, granted, when you have the angle right, you can see a lot more things than the typical player in the heat of the moment can see. I also think he was looking one side, and at the last second, saw Hamler open. And even when you see how he was throwing it to, uh, I forgot who actually he was actually trying to throw it to. Not Hamler. It was a, uh, was it someone else Sutton. or was it Hamler? He was trying to throw it to. Yeah, he oh he was throwing to Sutton, but Hamler was open. Correct. That's right. the play. Yeah, yeah. So he threw to Sutton. As he threw to Sutton, that's when he probably saw Hamler was open. But 
again, this is a theory of mine. I'm not in Russ's head at the moment, but um, yeah, I did see, I know how it looked. I was, you know, I definitely watched the game on the side and it was just like, cause I was like, I need this, give me this win, you know, for the picks. Unfortunately, I picked the Broncos to win this game, but I was wrong. <laughs> As you can see, it went to overtime and then, you know, it ended the way it ended. But I mean, what can you say? It's like, it was a game of bottom five offenses being bottom five offenses. And yeah. uh, I heard that Russ and uh, the head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, were also talking for like 30 minutes in a quiet conversation, like post game. Like someone said they came out of the locker room, they were still in the conversation and stuff like that. So I'm like, what do you this think they were talking might, about? Again, um, it could have been like, what did you see? It could have been like, oh, why? You know, I'm also of the mind that right now, with the first year head coach for the Broncos anyway, and Russ, is there some sort of like two people kind of clashing at what they want to do for the offense? Or is it like, hey, I'm trying to run your offense, but it's it's not working? Like, is it an issue of this is Nathaniel Hackett's offense right now, or is this Russell Wilson's offense? Mm-hmm. Because I've seen some things that Russell Wilson was doing. He's actually kind of slightly throwing over the middle compared to what he was doing in Seattle. But and of course you see the deep shots, which he can still uh chuck the ball beautifully up in the air. But um I don't think they're ready for that yet, you know. Yeah. So but they got the uh, pieces, man. They got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick is out, you know, yeah. but he'll be back. I think I think he, I don't know if he's out for the, I think he's out for the season actually. Yeah, he's out um, for the season. Um I think they I mean, lost they got, their they left pieces, tackle man. too that game. They lost their left tackle. I think probably. I think what this kind of boiled down to, I think, you know, Russ as much as the Broncos fans feel like they're a victim of getting like, you know, like absolutely like having the wool pull, pulled over their eyes with this trade. I think mm-hmm. Russ is kind of a victim in this whole NFL media landscape, right? And, you know, yes. as we started doing this podcast, you know, we kind of, we're kind of learning it, right? It's impossible to watch every single game that's on, mainly because there's, you know, six games on at a time. And with that, you're not going to see everything that happens within within each game, right? And so mm-hmm. once, the, once, once the, like, national level media... Um, what um, national me- level media covering these like Seahawks games and stuff like that. The only thing that they touch on maybe is like, you know, Russ had a 40 yard bomb. Russ had a 50 yard bomb and it mm-hmm. built up this, this reputation as being this, you know, a- elite quarterback. But meanwhile, you're looking at other stats and you'll see, Oh, he was, you know, three for 12 on third down, you know, basic things. One of the things that Geno Smith has been doing very well for the Seahawks. As a matter of fact, I think on third and seven or more, I think the Seahawks are 50 plus percent. That's that, correct. That, that is fundamental to moving the ball down the field, right? Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, you're watching the highlights and you just see 40 yard bomb, 50 yard bomb. Russ is killing it. You know, the Seahawks win. But, and so, you know, this reputation was built up, but that was pretty much like, like Russ has probably two aspects of his game when he came out. One was his legs, right? Because he was able to extend plays and that kind of thing or, you know, keep it going. Second was his deep ball. We've talked about his beautiful deep ball. Like I've seen it in person. You've seen it in person in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the two aspects of his game. But, you know, in terms of if you're like looking at like a like a, a skill chart, you know, you have the, the different skills around um, around and, you know, it's fa- it's um, filled in based on how much it is. You know, he's good with the deep ball. He's good with the mobility. But the other aspects of his game have always been quite limited. And we as Seahawks fans, we're aware of it, you know, because we've lived through it, you know. Most of the time, 
most of the time our games aren't blowouts, right? <laughs> you know, we even even when we had like elite level defenses, you know, we would have the occasional like occasional confident win. But mm-hmm. as time wore wore on after our Legion of Boom era, you know, it, it, the games became closer and closer, and we had to grind out results. And so, you know, it's it's something that we've we're familiar with. But the national level, you know, fan awareness or you know even organizational awareness, no one was aware of you know how what what his strengths and shortcomings are. Because mm-hmm. you got to remember, the Broncos are a franchise that traded for, or I I don't know if they traded. I think Colts maybe released him. Uh, they 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 got Peyton Manning, and I think they were in the Super Bowl the same year. Right? The Colts let Peyton Manning go, and the Broncos picked him up. I believe in free agent. They talked about the reason why I know this because on the Monday night thing with the uh, the Mannings, um, one of them was like, "Oh, it was it was his brother." He was like, "Did you get did you get fired by like the the Colts? Did they let you go. They let you go, Peyton." He was like, "Oh yeah 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 yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember." Eli is also the one that said you should have given $240 million to the punter. Oh God. Right. I remember that, man. That's yeah. And, um, and that's, that could be a lot of frustration, especially like, think about it. What if we paid that much money for any quarterback that we were like, yo, that's, that's a quarterback. Let's say it's like Aaron Rodgers, but then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers just like, like it's just whatever Russell is doing right now in terms of like the offense is like last or like bottom three and the league and all that type. And we're like bottom three in offenses. And it's like our defense is pretty good and stellar. We just don't have an offense. We would be frustrated too. And uh, there was one more thing with Russ too, which was, you know, news came out, I think the day after the game, you know, the Twitter, Twitter had settled down at that point. I think, you know, now it was kind of time for like national media to go in on it because all the morning shows are ripping him apart. That's why I was saying. Like I went from being like petty about it to actually like feeling bad. Because as much as he forced this, he's also kind of a victim of circumstance, you know, because, you know, this whole reputation was built around him that, you know, he was mm-hmm. like this, you know, top five quarterback or maybe top three quarterback, I should say. And, you know, he, he goes to a bigger media market in Denver and, mm-hmm. you know, spotlights on him. I mean, it doesn't help that they've had four primetime games in six weeks. You that know, doesn't help. Right. There's a lot of evidence against Russ and the team now, especially when you get paid a big contract and stuff. I just want to say that, like, I will put this little point out there. Some people will be annoyed at it, but, you know, because they're just some people, some fans are, are some fans of the NFL. But black quarterbacks in the NFL league, they get, uh, you know, more scrutiny than a white quarterback would. Let's, I'm mm-hmm. just going to always say that it, no matter what you do, how you respond to a Super Bowl loss, Cam Newton versus Tom Brady, you know, if you remember those two instances, especially now, like with the worst offense, because my other point was, is the other media talking about Matt Ryan on the Colts being bad, too? I know they got a win. They did get a win the other week, but I don't see that much like scrutiny from Matt Ryan when his Colts were like they were 32nd in offense in that going into that game. And the Broncos were thirtieth. I remember that. I think. I think with that, I think to to be devil's advocate on that one, Matt Ryan didn't cost the Colts two hundred forty million dollars, and I think that's the big that's the big number that's looming over everyone's head. Every, oh, I know like that's Denver, be the big thing. Denver's fans are coming to terms with the fact that you know Russ is their quarterback for like the next six years. I think it, his contract. Uh, I, I think. 
they can't move on from him until like 2028 or something like that. Cause he, he's got two years left on his current deal. And then I think he signed a four year extension on top of that. Am I right? Yeah. Always remember that. Yeah. Even though you can pay somebody, you can still kick someone off the team. Yeah. And we'll get into that later on with the Panthers. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's uh, we'll, we'll a sneak preview. There is no better job in the world than being a fired NFL coach. I'll tell oh, you that. man. Twitter was talking about it. It's on Instagram. People were saying it. I'm saying it, too. Let me go be an NFL head coach for like, you know, a year and or, you know, in the case I say a year. But like, you know, in the case of the games, like for like 28 games or so, get fired and then boom. It's like yeah. even Pat McAfee was even like. You know what? Maybe I could just go golfing for like a you know couple of years, spend some time with the family, then get back into football because people are <laughs> forgetting. On, and and we'll we'll go into what he said because I I was listening to his little bit on Matt Rule because people do forget what Matt people forget what Matt Rule did in college to the point where like he'll never win a national championship in college. I'm like he he did that. Yeah. I think he did that, or he did, got close. No, to I, no, I don't think he, he got I think close he got to close. doing it. Baylor, because he, got he was close. a Baylor head coach, right? And he was also Temple. He turned Temple around too. Same he did yeah. with uh, Baylor. He got close with Baylor, but and then that kept him afloat, playoff contention for some time. But then, of course, I don't mm-hmm. think Baylor is that, that high up anymore. So yeah, I mean, well, I, the the you, you've seen countless examples of college quarterback or college coaches that can't make it in the NFL and vice versa, right? Yep, Sean and Payton so, like, did it. I, he went to the Sean Miami Payton Dolphins. Did. It was bad. He went right back. He said, "I'm in Alabama." Mean, oh, I Nick think. Saban, you mean? Oh my gosh! Yes, Nick Saban. Dear God, hello. Let me um, let me throw myself <laughs> out a window real quick and come back. <laughs> I mean, Pete Carroll was Pete Carroll was kind of in that boat too for a little while until he he came back to Seattle. You know, there's um, uh, who there was one or uh, Chip Kelly was another example. It's yeah, weird because besides like people that are like assistant, you know, assistant coaches or the coordinators or even like the the spe- uh, specific team coaches underneath that eventually work their way up to head coach. It's weird when they say like it's hard for a college and a college head coach to come up and coach in the NFL, which I believe I believe anyone I believe <laughs> right I believe any coach. Oh my god, Urban that Meyer. man got away with he, that, guy, that man could have got away with murder in in uh, Ohio. He he got away with a lot of things in his yeah. little tenure in Jaguars, and like no one talks about it anymore. But that's you know that's funny. But um, it's weird because like I feel like NFL head coaching job is already hard as it is. Whether you come from a college standpoint or you come from a, I'm working within the system within the NFL for like a decade or so, or, you know, if you're really good at your craft or you're underneath certain people, you have like an accelerated way to get to a head coaching position. It's mm-hmm. just, it's really just who you know and your integrity, how you hold yourself up and deal with people around you, because sometimes that can come back to help you get a job, but you never know. So yeah. it's, it's one, bit one of, of those weird, funky things. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's it's a different media landscape when it comes to media landscape, cultural landscape, everything yep. when, you, when you're in college, because you're at, at that point, you're shaping, you know, young men's lives. I mean, I talked about Chris Peterson at UW for a while. And, you know, I talked about, I mean, the, the reason why he was loved is because he was, you know, person first, player second, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that just fit in with the culture that we had at UW for, for a long time. And he had a good amount of success, too. Um, one one thing one one last bit on Russ though saw the following day uh, news came out that he was on his way to LA to get a procedure done on his shoulder. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, uh, I remember, I think we, I forget, I feel like we talked about he had a little minor injury last week too, and he was going to play through it, I think. What, what was his injury like? So I've been hearing mixed things. Like, throwing, I've heard like torn labrum, shoulder. torn lat. Torn labrum. Torn, yeah. I thought it was like, I thought it was a muscle or, or something like that around the throwing shoulder, if I believe, I believe. And in short, he went to go get a little surgery on it. He can still play. It's not like a, you know, oh, I'm out for several weeks or whatever, but at at the end of the day it's still a procedure of some kind um yeah. was it actually like surgery can... i thought it was just like he got like a cortisone shot or something like that in his or cortisol whatever that thing is that they put yeah i don't know i don't think it's like a it wasn't any type of shot to do anything i feel it they did say it was a little procedure i'm not like in the i don't pay so close attention to like what they do on the medical side of things um mm-hmm. but it's it basically what what was put out to the media was it was a little procedure he's gonna play through it yada 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 it's not as bad as when he you know had his finger you know dislocated well not dislocated but like the tendon cut in there and stuff like that where he couldn't even like bend it or like you know it Mm -hmm. was just like uh the infamous like claw hand and stuff like their claw finger but uh i don't know we'll see what happens i do know injuries are kind of uh, stacking up in places like even tom brady has some injuries he's playing through which i feel like as a former football player of my own you're gonna you're going to be playing through something, depending on, especially as offensive or defensive lineman, you're playing through something. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's that's sus about that coming out was that um, it came out right after this, uh, you know, lopsided loss where pretty much if you're doing like a sentiment analysis on like what Broncos fans think of their franchise, you know, they'd be at 0%. And it just kind of came out as like a, like, like the, the the Broncos media engine just kind of, you know, doing mm-hmm. like a spin, spin, spin type of thing, trying to turn things around. But, you know, that's the only thing that kind of came out of that with, with when, when that news came out. It was just awkwardly timed. You know, you know what I mean? No, I mean, what else can you do? Because you're going to do it after a game. So it might have gotten it might have flared up um, from a game or something like that. But we'll yeah. see going forward. I hope that you know, that offense can get together because Russ does have some pieces on the offense. He did lose um, Javante Williams for the season as well as Tim Patrick. And I think their left tackle, their starting left tackle is out for a while too. So we'll see what happens. It's like Gareth Bull or something. I think his name is right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I think it was the same. It's the same tackle on the Broncos that was trying to get the tack like he was trying to tackle someone off of like a pick six or something and he didn't reach it so he, he had a shirt that said never give up oh did, did the, was he the one that whiffed yes that was he was the one that whipped and he got injured in that yeah. game he wore that yeah, shirt yeah. to the game and then he got injured in that game that same game and I was like oh man because like honestly that shirt like never give up I, I felt that because like Hey man, he was trying. It never looks good on the every single camera angles, but like, hey, I I don't want to be I don't want to be in the film room the next day and the coaches say you didn't even try to tackle him because you will get chewed out for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think that I think they fear that more than they fear some you know some nerd on a podcast like us saying like the, the guy whiffed or something like that, right? He whiffed completely whiffed t- on the tackle. It's a tough being a player nowadays. You know, you just have so much. Neg- you can you have a lot more negativity, or you know, ne- opportunist opportunist people that are just waiting for you know you to yeah. you to screw up. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They they can get their voices heard very easily. 
I mean, oh, Broncos sure. fans themselves made their voices heard when they left before even overtime started. That you was know, that... the biggest one right there. Because even the every even like Broncos media at the time, I remember catching like a clip of Broncos media talking about like, oh my gosh, they're all leaving. And then of course, like national with like the NFL themselves saying it. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's a thing. Um, I think there is frustration. It's a matter of them finding it's really just finding your identity on offense. They don't have an identity yet. We don't know if it's gonna be the the full on Russ offense or is it gonna be Russ adapting and perfecting his craft even more because that's I feel like that's what Russ is going to have to do personally. You can't come with that same offense you did in the in Seattle. People literally stopped you from doing your deep balls to the point where it's like all of a sudden you can only throw on the far sides of the field, which they covered up too. So you're just left with the middle, which you don't want to throw in the middle for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. So you know now we're here, right, Russ? But hopefully, man, you can do your thing and all that good stuff. So you know, yeah, I mean. For me, I've gone from being petty to, you know, I'll wish him well. I don't want them to do well because we got their pick. Do not forget about we do. that. We do. Oh, I I was saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I <we> want. Cannot... <laughs> we, can you, we can have two top five picks depending on how things go. <laughs> oh, see, but look, we can still be successful how we're successful in offense. We may, we're going to lose. I feel like we're going to lose more games than we win. If, yeah. we, you know, prove me wrong. Cool. Great. We can prove me wrong and we can over. I say, I kind of say over succeed just because of like. In the back of my my the back of my mind, I'm thinking about like I want both of our picks to be so high that it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, um, I think so. I think know, that's what, I think draft. we want to. I think we want to build a team again. I think that's what we've been missing for a long time. I mean, I think we had. I think our draft class this year is already. You know, people have already written it down as probably one of the better draft classes we've had in a long time. But, we started you know, two rookie tackles on the yeah. offensive line. And I believe that hasn't been done since he, like the 1980s or 70s. Like the last time that pairing like that. Yeah. Yeah. While we're on the subject, let's just talk about our game. You know, we let's we, talk we, about we, it. We've, we've, we've given Russ his due. At least and since what, I'm the nerd, yeah. I'm going to come in with some stats so you can go ahead, Kanal, and talk oh, about the oh, game. Let me get my calculator out. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, tell him about the PFF stats because oh, um, Geno Smith is a, is a legend right now. He is absolute legend. But first, we got to we got to talk about we got the first thing that every Seahawks fan should be talking about. Penny broke his leg. You you kind of you kind of you saw it happen live. If you saw it happen live. You saw him drag himself off the field. You pretty much saw the tears in his eyes. It broke your heart, man. Yeah, it's injuries, just, uh, injuries, it's just piling up. Mm, that one, that's a big one because it's his contract year, I believe. No, no, wait. Did we give? Yeah, him he's, a, I think he's. We signed him to a one-year prove-it deal, and this is the happen? basically he's it's a running back. Con, it's it's still his contract year, right? And yeah. um, on now, I'm gonna say this on the business end of things. Unfortunately, is how I say it. The Seahawks won out with that one year prove it deal instead of giving him like a three year and some change or two a two year deal, right? I think some people might have been expecting like to sign him to a two or three year deal just to have a maybe not a high, you know, running back contract, but like a middle one. But that one year, it helped us. And unfortunately, for I, I said this to you personally, like with Penny, unfortunately, Seahawks are done with Penny. Um, Unless now if they prove me wrong and they keep him and they rehab him, great. But at the same time, you have, you know, you got Kenneth Walker behind him, you got DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. And that's like not, that's not a bad three to have if you're going to have like Kenneth Walker be like your, now he your is, could be the, yeah, your bell cow. Um, Cause that's how, that's what's about to happen with him. And of course, um, in lieu of that, we also claimed the, uh, 
the Notre Dame running back Tony Jones off of waivers uh, as of recent from the Saints. So, yeah, it was an ankle injury. It was a season-ending ankle injury, but I'm not – man, because he looked so good. I, saw, I was looking at the highlights for the game and that one big run Penny did, but, like, it's just going to be a thing where I think we're going to let him go. He's going to be a free agent, um, and we're going to move on with – and be and basically get cheaper. It gets cheaper for us. We get Kenneth Walker on a on – a, um, what is he on? Like a because he's not a he's a second rounder, so I know he doesn't have like that high of a a contract. So like his rookie deal, yeah. Let's just say among everyone deal. else, yeah. Because I don't know where DJ Dallas or I think DJ Dallas is still on his rookie deal. This might be his last year or so. I think, both, or, I think all three of them are on their rookie deals. Okay, so look, Seattle. Unfortunately, like I hate saying it, but like Seattle won because now they have young running backs behind Penny. They can push Penny out. That's kind of like the last of. The offense that we had besides DK Metcalf, of course, since DK Metcalf came in with whoever else was on the offense at the time. So that's just where we're at. And, you know, uh, from uh, for us as fans, it, it's tough because we, we came into the season, you know, we our running back room. We thought it was going to be Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, um, Kenneth Walker, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, you know. We wouldn't have kept all of them, though. We wouldn't if if everyone came back and was healthy. We would have like probably cut. I think Homer, in my opinion. Yeah, Homer or Dallas, one of them would have gone. But my point is that you know we had Chris Carson, you know, thousand yard rusher, Rashad Penny, basically a thousand yard rusher if he played a full season, and this young gun from Michigan State, the Doak Walker Award winner, you know, given to the best running back in college football. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of optimism in that room. And it just it's 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 a little deflating, but you know Kenneth Walker, the floor is yours, right? Yeah, K Dub three or K W three. I don't know what his uh his nickname's gonna be, you know, going out because you know there was R G three, so I'm I'm thinking K Dub three or something like that. But he's gonna baby get a nickname. Beast. Baby Beast mode is that what you're gonna say? Yeah, Baby Beast or Baby Beast mode. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, you gotta a, prove that. You gotta you gotta prove earn that, that title. Beast mode. Yeah, you, I would. Yeah, I never. I, that's not I didn't even leave with that one. It's not an inherited title. It's an earned title. Yeah, basically. He's a big boy. Oh, he is. He's, and I love the offenses, the offense that we're running. Again, I'm going to say it again. Like the offense that we're running, um, we're doing really well. Describe uh, it in the, one word. What would, what, what would be the one word you would describe it as? Our offense, I would say, I wouldn't say improving. I'm trying to think like adaptable, maybe. My, flexible. It's, Flexible, yeah, flexible offense because people really thought we were going to suck so hard with Geno Smith as our starting yeah. QB. And you know, and I, I think he, that I think that comes down wrong. to the fact that you know he's been a backup quarterback for a long time. I mean, he's had spells. He got drafted by the Jets. He played for the Giants. I think he played for the Chargers. For Don't forget, he got his well. jaw broke while at the Jets. That's what led him to go out. Yeah, and so you know, he's been a little bit of a journeyman, but he's he's come into his own. Talk and about that man's stats and like his records right now, or not even records, just like where he's at, you know, like that yeah. QBR, highest rating, QBR rating. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, accurate, accurate passer. You know, with, with, and then the, the third down stat, I think I love that stat because, you know, how many times were we in third, third and long situation in, in the past? And converted like, them. And in, in, in the, like in the past, like, like not even this season, but in the past, like eight seasons. You know, ever since we won our second, or we went to the second Super Bowl, you know that every... was. Uh, I think I know what I think I know what the stat you're talking about. That was the, and this is just for everyone out there. He's talking. Uh, so Kanal's talking about the third and seven 
base of the third and long. That's considered third and seven yards and more conversion rate. Uh, this year in 20, or actually I'll start from the, I'll start from back in 2019. It was 23.8 percent, which which was 25th uh, 25th in the league. We were 29.2 percent, so that's 12th in 2020. Uh, we were 24th, so back to 23.4 percent in 21 in 2021. Now this season and uh, basically to uh, to Canal over there, we're number one at yeah. 47.6%. Half think about that. Half the time that's basically half the time we're on third down, we're converting. Like do you oh. understand? So if I were to describe our offense in one word, it's efficient. That okay. is an efficient offense. They know situational football. Third and long, don't hit go for you don't have to go for the home run. Play with the you know, you have your play, maybe you have a go route, you call audible at the line of scrimmage if you see that everybody's coming crashing down because you know yes. if you throw that deep ball over the top with the DK Metcalf you know, I think what they're learning is that those 50-50 balls are more like 75-25 because DK is going to go up there and get that, right? Mm-hmm. I think, and, uh, yeah. and then Geno Smith is like only below like Patrick Mahomes and QB rankings by EPA and CPOE. This is like some, we're getting into further other stats, but uh, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the defense with Tariq Woolen, man, because... Um, That's my guy. I, I, I've been saying that ever since we got dra- he got drafted, right? Ever since I saw he was 6'2" ran a four two six and you know was playing cornerback and it was drafted in the fifth round. You know, I love my underdogs. Dogs. But you know, I think what is he right now? I think he's the top rated uh he rookie is quarterback. Tied right? for well right now in terms of uh NFL interception leaders, I think this was that was as of October 9th when that was tallied. Uh he's under he's tied for second. Besides Minka Fitzpatrick, Marcus Williams, and Eddie Jackson, and then with th- they all have three, and then Jordan Poyer is above them all, but four. So mm-hmm. like that's one. Like you see this man getting all these interceptions in his rookie year, and he's uh, not. <laughs> the thing I want to want to harp on though is that these aren't like Trevon Diggs um, interceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was getting like an absolute like massive amount of volume, which means you know opportunities to intercept the ball because. He was such an exploitable target for 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 so many quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. I think I don't know if this was this stat was prior to, um, prior to uh this weekend's or last weekend's game, mm-hmm. or um, if it was after. But I think Tariq Woolen has only been targeted twenty two times, and that, I, now that I say that out loud, I think it was through week four. He was targeted twenty two times for only about eleven receptions. I think but opposing quarterbacks had a forty like a 40 rating when they were throwing in his direction. Do you, how, <laughs> do you know how unbelievable that is as a rookie cornerback? Oh yeah, man. That's like making your impact immediately. Yeah. They're not throwing over there. And that's, I think, I think he's up there. I think sauce Gardner is either below him or above him in that ranking of like targets thrown towards them and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. can't quite remember, but do we have, Excuse me. Uh, we basically we have somebody basically like we have someone we can build. Like he's part of the, he's he's the first part of that core in the defense you want to build around, and we're keeping yeah. him basically. Yeah, and you know he's regularly, you know, advanced stats. They'll tell you regularly, like you know, on that Taysom Hill run. You know, Taysom Hill. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the bads of the the Seahawks defense. Obviously, you know, he was on that sixty yard run, and he. Um, you know, I think he almost got hocked down by Tariq Woolen again. I think Tariq Woolen hit a top speed. You know, he hit the highest top speed of any player in the and this weekend. I don't know mm-hmm. if that includes, um, you know, primetime games from Sunday night and, and Monday night. I don't know if those stats included that. But, you know, 
he hit his top speed very, you know, the, he, he hit the highest top speed this weekend. Like, that's yeah. crazy. I saw that was like 22.6 something miles per hour or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was 22 point, 22.6 or 26.2. That's the number I was getting. The number 26, 26. It might be 26. Either way, he was, he was like fast. I remember even Seahawks were like, yeah, we like it when he says he's the fastest. <laughs> we just don't like media. it when he has to catch up to Taysom Hill on a on a 60-yard touchdown run to take the lead in the game. But hey, you have to also remember you you said this in last week's episode. If you and for all our new listeners out there, hey, we have other episodes. Go check them out. But you definitely said we're running a three four defense with four three personnel. So yeah. it's, it, we're going to get hurt in that regard with the defense. I don't miss I don't miss Ken Norton Jr. You know, um, you know, with uh, like how he was running the defense and stuff. I would like new. Bl- I want new blood. Like I love Clint Hurt and what he's doing for the defense. It's like we're running a we're running some decent defenses. We just don't have the personnel for it. Like we don't have the coverage linebackers that we need to do what we need to do. Right. I think you can, we can at least say we have a little bit of a weak spot, I think on the weak side of the linebacking core um, among other, you know, among other weaknesses that we have, but we're trying to do what we can. We had seasons where like we were like the last in defense until like towards the end of the season. I think it was like towards like, you know, in the fall, we definitely were like the the defense started tightening up because right now we have a lot of new guys on the team and Jamal Adams ain't out there anymore. He's injured. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that we have to bring. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into making a good offense and defense. But -hmm. one thing I will always say, though, is that about our our team, our special teams is bad right now. Yeah, we need We need to address that. But one thing with our with our defense, though, like, go ahead. they, they need they it, it we've talked about this i think since our first episode where we 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 pretty much knew like after seeing a couple weeks of football we knew that like our offense is actually you know pretty good what we're what we're lacking right now is on the defensive side of the ball and i think that's that's evident every week you know weeks 1 through 5 of the season you know we mm-hmm. we do a pretty dang good job of putting up points on the board you know we put up over 30 points on like i think three of our at least on our last two games, right against the Lions and the Saints, mm-hmm. um, you know. I, well, I don't know if we did it at thirty points in Atlanta. I think we lost that one twenty-nine to thirty or something. But my point is, is that you know our offense doesn't have problem putting points on the board when it, you know, even though we felt like we had that problem last year, right? It, our problem is now mm-hmm. just stopping the other team from getting defense. And you know, like I think we play good. You know, the games that we've lost are usually time of possession based. Um, mm-hmm. like, you know, you, we, we can do, we do a pretty good job of holding the ball cause we're playing that efficient style of offense and that's supposed to protect your defense, right? Cause they're not out on the field as much, but what we're seeing right now is that, you know, even in the limited time that the defense is out on their field, it's very much like, like Russ, right. Was for us, you know, he'll, they'll struggle for a, most of the game and then all of a sudden you'll get a Tariq Woolen pick six and that just flips the game on its head. Yeah, and, my money you know, and swings and stuff like that. That always comes in in hand. Yeah, and that's just kind of what we're vibing with right now. But you were going to bring up the special teams. Go for it, buddy. I mean, special teams, uh, it's just bad. Like I remember seeing a tweet where it was like, oh, we fumbled the ball or we lost the ball or this and that. Like, you can list off like the little the bad stuff that's kind of like mounting up in the special teams. I don't have the, the, the tweet in front of me, but um, let's just say that like basically we need to work on the defense – we need to work on our special teams unit, of course, right? But I feel like this is, again, we have to always remember, this is that rebuild, that first rebuild year. Things are going to be ugly. 
and mm. things are we just didn't think it would be ugly on this that. side of the ball did we no we thought we were gonna have an ugly offense and defense let's okay, be honest that's fair <laughs> we we got actually a nice like a competitive offense to do stuff with i will even say that the offense is like almost taken fully out of pete carroll's hands with like hey just run run throw run run throw run run throw but um there was a there was a tweet um that we did come across like in our in our feeds that i think the past couple games we've given up like a total of 86 or 89 point total points and that's like the most i believe in our franchise history since like 1970s when those came in like week 12 and 13 so like it, it goes to show how bad that defense is um we've definitely been like the butt of some defensive like defense jokes but at the same time i still want to celebrate i still like to celebrate what like what we have and stuff like that like for instance the fact that there was a a, a tweet basically talking about tyreek woolen like no player in nfl history at so this is from um brian nemhauser uh at hawk blogger just to you know give credit um no player in the nfl history at any position has had three interceptions and two fumble recoveries in the first five games of his career but that's what tyreek woolen has done and mm-hmm. like you said, he's your guy. Oh, and added a blocked field goal as well, which so, was which was turned into a, a special team score by Mike Ty- Michael Jackson. Yep, I remember that. Um, and of course, Geno Smith is shocking everyone. Like his his passer rating is one hundred and thirteen point two as a that's from October 9th as well. So this is after uh, you know after the games too, like over Tua, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I know these stats aren't gonna like hold up like hold up as like this makes him like such a good but like if anything we see it you can actually see it on the film and on the field when he's throwing the ball like you said our offense is efficient it really is with Gino with Gino Smith um you know with Gino Smith himself at, at the helm and I feel like we're going to lock him down to some contract I don't know yet um I had that as like my final thoughts for today uh talking about like is Gino Smith like what do we do about him but you know, we're going to keep him. I don't know about Drew Locke. Don't know what we're going to do. I think he'll be a good, decent um, backup quarterback to have. I'm not sure if we'll keep him in the long term as well on like a backup deal. Um, it will be interesting to have him as a backup and let him develop behind Gino. But yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, uh, like, I, like I was saying, I was the one that was on our Twitter uh, during <laughs> the... Uh, I think during the uh, Broncos game, and I think you at were one having point, a fun I, time. By the way, if y'all didn't catch it, follow day. follow it. Just because I might pop in on that Twitter sometimes, but man, Canal was having a blast during that game. Yeah, it, there's something very empowering about not having your face on your Twitter account. As soon as I <laughs> logged in, I was like, "All right, time to tell everyone my manifestos." <laughs> but there's, I think I tweeted out something like, uh, "You know, I hate to say this, I think Drew Locke deserves his chance with the Seahawks as much as anyone else," but I'm willing to trade Drew Locke back to the Broncos for Bradley Chubb and a first round, a future first round pick unprotected. And you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was a that joke. would be so beautiful. Like it, but basically we would be throwing them back their pick and our pick just to go get Bradley Chubb or somebody. But I don't know if we're going to do, in my opinion, I don't know if we're going to do any more big trades like we did with Jamal Adams ever again. So yeah, we, we remember we like, we were very mixed when that happened, weren't we? Like we, we saw, I, yeah, we, were, we, were we saw how much we gave up. I think we could have worked with it if we didn't misuse. That's our issue. We'll get like a good player, like Jamal Adams is to me a good player. 
Is he a coverage safety? No, he is not. He is a box safety, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you can limit him on doing anything in the coverage. I think you said it before, too. Have a three-safety look. You know, have him in the box and then two safeties in the back and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, We just Patriots didn't do that until that. very late. So The Patriots run six defensive backs all the time. It's not like a... It's not like a unique concept, right? Right. You, so, have to, you have to have the personnel for that, though, too, right? Yeah, it's about like, it's a mix of personnel, coaching, and you have the right coaching staff for that, and then the execution at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, well, speaking of coaching, like, I mean, our our defense is getting so hard to watch. I'm ready for Clint Hurt to put on some pads and go stand there right next to Big Al Woods. Like that's Al Woods is a he is a rock on that defense. The only thing is like. He's in his older years. He's what thirty five now. So we've we've been circulating through these very veteran nose tackles like for a long time, haven't we? Like we've had yeah. Kevin Williams come through. We've had Michael Bennett, you know, I think, Michael. at the edge. Yeah, he was at the edge. We've had like Red Bryant, and there was some other guys in there that I, I can't remember their names off the top. They were all veteran, I believe. Most of them, if not all of them, right, uh, were mostly veteran pickups. And besides mm-hmm. drafting and stuff like that, because unfortunately, John Snyder does not know how to draft for D line as a whole. So that's that's yeah. including D tackle. That's including edge. And that's something that that's where we we needed the most. One thing I did see came through really recently. Seahawks signed Bruce Irvin to their practice squad. I think they're kind of getting getting the idea with what their limitations are at the moment. You know, um, you know, Bruce Irving. We talked about. You think Bruce? You think Bruce Irving's even going to give that bring that much besides like, oh hey guys, it's Bruce Irving again. You know, he brings name recognition. I think that's about it. I mean, we we'll see what happens. Even when he came back with us last year or the year before, I can't remember. You know, he was kind of limited in his contributions. Did he think get injured? What, and he was I out. He, I think that's what ended up hand, happening. I think he injured his wrist or something like that. Like he I think it was a leg. I thought it was like a not an ACL or MCL. It was like some type of leg, like a leg injury. And we were just like, bruh. <laughs> Come on, man. I think one thing, you know, we talked about Ken Norton Jr. And, you know, Adam and I have talked about this, you know, privately as well. We didn't like his his de- defensive scheme as a coach. But we no one can argue with his effectiveness as a linebacker's coach. I think that's where, you know, I think that's where he was when we won Super Bowls. That's, I think he was instrumental in shaping KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner into who they were are today. I think mm-hmm. that's I, I, you can't doubt that. I think he's part of the reason why Jordan Brooks um, mm-hmm. has become like that that guy for us in on, in that in that level of the field. Um, we're gonna miss that level of coaching at that level. I think that's maybe that's a little bit of what we're seeing, but you know, I think it's just about getting these guys to instead of playing independently independently to play collectively. Right? I think that's mm-hmm. what they're missing. Yeah, and I think it'll come with time, but I mean, man, that time can't come soon enough. I mean, that depends on what you're trying to do with the season, right? Which I know every NFL season, we're trying to win it all and go to the Super Bowl. We're not a Super Bowl team because if our defense is like that, we can't even make it to playoffs, period. Um, we If we can't solidify the defense in some form or fashion, we won't even have a chance to even talk about playoff contention. I don't even have the Seahawks going to playoffs. Honestly, It's I feel like it's going to be like a middling year. But by middling, I'm talking about their record, but not like what I am seeing with the roster and what we're getting to see week in, week out. I'm enjoying that. It's just the hard losses. And it's really the point where you can look at each of these last some games and be like, we could have won that. Mm-hmm. That's the so, thing that hurts, like the Atlanta game, the Saints game. Like those are the two, right? Mm-hmm. The, oh, I mean, man, the Saints, which is we're definitely talking like, I mean, we're going to get into the bad and like what could be better. But like. 
yeah, man, the Falcons won too. Oh, hurts. Yeah. Uh, but other th- on the other side of the ball, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett, fifth overall in touchdown catches. You know, he passed Doug Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Get on him. Um, mm-hmm. DK kind of had like a mixed bag of a day, I would say. He had that big touchdown. He also dropped a very easy touchdown at the beginning, at the end of the first half, I think. Um, mm-hmm. He had some drop passes, some crucial drop passes that prevented us from being efficient, you know, those third down type of catches. Um, but overall, you know, he continued to be like that steady presence along uh, opposite of Tyler Lockett, so good on him. One thing mm-hmm. I'm kind of worried about, penalties on the offensive side of the ball. We're getting those holding penalties whenever our linemen come up against those uh, – those all-star type of defensive ends, Cameron mm-hmm. Jordan this uh, this week, and it, it it kills drives, right? Yeah, it it does. Like that's like even when I was playing offensive line, that's like one of the most annoying things is like you get a good run. It's always on the good runs, holding mm-hmm. offense. Yeah, it's always anyway, you think about why it's a good run then. <laughs> but the Charles Cross had one, and I I, I even noted it here specifically too because Gino had DK wide open for a touchdown. And the, the 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 flag, you know, we need to give it its due. I think that was a very ticky tacky holding call. Like if you watch it, it look they're gonna say he had his hands on his pads, and you know maybe it was holding. But we gotta talk about how the equivalent of flopping on in the on the uh, defensive line, which is just defensive linemen feel any way that they lose a battle, they just throw their hands up in the air and act mm-hmm. like they're being held. And that's what ended up happening, and that wiped a touchdown off the board. I think we, I think we went with a field goal on that, or maybe we ended up punting it. But it was a that was a big play. Talk about the let's talk real quick. Let's talk about the offensive line, right? We actually, well, by PFF grades anyway, both cross oh, and ooh, lay some numbers on me. I still got my calculator. Oh yeah, um, let me see. You gotta carry the one. You gotta take the square root of twenty four. Carry a Geno Smith in there. Remove Russell <laughs> Wilson. And you get PFF grades for both Cross and Luca, um, with Luca having 80.2 on pass block and Cross 78.9. And they're not the highest out of our offensive tackles. That'll be uh, Phil Haynes. But um, you want to know where our worst was at? Can you guess? Is it center? You got it. Austin Blythe. <laughs> he had a, like a total really? grade of, yeah, he had a total grade of 39.8. That's including his 27.0 pass block. And then this is this is also a tweet from Brian Nemhauser as well. All these were Brian Hem. This is all Brian. So, you know, shout out to Brian. Um, he said that, like, this is a 39.8 grade, including the 27 pass block. If only we had a quality young center, dot, dot, dot. What can you do? Yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. A little bit of technical difficulties on our end, but uh, we were basically trying to talk about offensive line play and stats, so I can quickly wrap that up on my end so we're not here all day because we still got some more of this show going on. Um, so, like, basically the wrapping things up, you have both Cross and you have Lucas, or Luca, excuse me, um, pretty Isn't much... Is it Lucas? Doing, is it Lucas or Luca? I thought it was Lucas. Oh my gosh! It moved me again on this too for my uh, my newsfeed, but oh well. Oh uh, yeah, it says Lucas, but maybe it's pronounced Luca. I'm not sure. No, 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 no. That's me. I will take that. It's, I'll say Lucas for now. Abraham Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, both Cross and Abraham Lucas uh, both did pretty well. And even though that Geno Smith got sacked a, a season high of three times, I think that was more on, and personally for me from watching the game, I think that was more on Geno Smith's choices than the fault of like our rookie tackles just giving up someone and they went into sack. Because it wasn't like an egregious play where like, wow, look at that tackle, let that guy go, and he sacked Geno. Yeah. And you know, it's you're they're going up against Cameron Jordan. You know, you're gonna you're gonna face some disruption. Oh yeah, of course, man. Um but uh, but though I think like the sore point our offensive line is apparently the center we picked up out of the from the Rams, Austin Blythe. So uh his passer well from PFF anyway, his passer grade is low. You know, overall grade was pretty low too. So and a lot of people are kind of saying we need to get a better center, so that could potentially be another thing we look to either pick a veteran up which more than likely with John Snyder and Pete Carroll, they're more likely going to just pick someone up rather than waste a, or not they in their eyes that waste a draft pick on an offensive lineman. But unless we can find someone. I mean, yeah, I think they'll, they'll try to find, they always go for the diamond in the rough type of signing. I don't think they want to trade capital draft capital this early on in a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, usually you would do that once you start getting a little bit more pieces in. So we'll see what, how it plays out. I think they'll, like you said, Center is definitely a weak point. You know, you know more than most how important a center is to an offensive line, right? Very, very. Yeah. Um, and that's the short of it. It's our the O line is improving. We have two tackles, like two rookie tackles, that are doing their best out there every single game, fighting. You know, of course, some of them have you know, like Cross definitely had a lot of like offside or not offsides, um, false starts, if not holding calls on him in the past some games. But I really do feel like we have a gem in Charles Cross and the biggest like I would say hidden gem and is you know Abraham Lucas over there on the right at right tackle so um Damian Lewis is a solid at left guard um hopefully he can stay healthy you know he's had his games where he gets nicked up a little bit but and then Gabe Jackson is like the is our vet basically mauler on the right guard position and then of course you got um Whatchamacallit. Well, actually, Damian Lewis, I think, was out. That's where Phil Haynes came in um, as a backup, and he did really, he did pretty well. He scored the highest in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Austin Blythe definitely is like our low point or the weak, the weakest link on the line, which I feel like it happens on every offensive line, though. Yeah. And I think one thing that might be interesting storyline with how well Phil Haynes has been doing, I think he's been doing pretty well at left guard because Damian Lewis, we thought he had like a season ending type of injury, but I think it was like a, a, a knee sprain or something along the lines. Mm-hmm. Like we all thought he tore his ACL because he got carted off, you know, with an air cast on. But I think we sweet, he's taking a sweet time. And yeah, other and I think real quick that are plaguing us right now. Travis Homer is actually out on IR, so if he's out for two more games, which is that also comes back to us picking up who we picked up from the Saints on their practice squad. Yeah, and then Marlon um, Mack just got cut by the Niners. I think maybe that might be a worth a shout. Uh, I think they already took the young guy from Notre Dame already, uh, mm. especially with two weeks out from, you know, Travis coming back too. we also waived um, cornerback Xavier Crawford, by the way, um, because we're getting healthy at cornerback with Burns and Jones coming back. So, yeah, that should or be good. both of them back. Excuse me. So we're getting healthy at corner. So I don't know what's going to happen. Like, do you leave the young guys that were been playing out there? I feel like you should until otherwise. Um, and let them develop as much as possible because that's the only way to develop is getting that game time. Let it slow down for them. That might be also a thing they have to deal with as well. 
Although it's already yeah. Woolen's been doing so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we uh, we couldn't be we couldn't ask more from Tariq Woolen right now, especially this early on in his mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. One thing to keep an eye on though for that offensive line, um, I think you and I we were both huge fans of Damian Lewis when he was a rookie. Like he got, he, I think he was drafted first round, probably or first or second round, and he's. I, th- I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he start at right guard? He he uh, started. Yeah, I think he started at right guard. Then we moved him left. Basically, he was like, "We're gonna put him somewhere at guard." That's basically where his yeah. position was. But you you know better than anyone. You can't be doing stuff like that. It's tough playing going from one side to the other, right? Well. It's not as bad as you think. It just depends on like your playbook and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's the knowledge of your playbook and if like the left guard on a team is always the pulling guard or something based upon that guard. But if you're like a mauler, you you, you should be able you to go, like, go on either. Yeah, you you can go on either side. I think it's different with tackles, um, especially especially when you move from left to right. Although I mean, you're just putting another foot back. But sometimes guards don't have to have that foot cocked back like a tackle does. So mm. it just depends on the playbook, what you know, because what I've been told going through high school, college, is that like you should not just learn your own position. You should learn, especially for O-line, you need to learn the position across the board. So if something were to go wrong, you might get called to play center. I've seen it happen where a guard moves to center, center to guard. Um, I've seen guard. I I actually had it in my personal life of going from a uh, guard or no from tackle to guard um, to a pull. I was more of like a pulling guard back in the day, and then went from guard to center in college. So I feel like it's everyone has the ability to interchange. Because here's the thing: if you want a playing spot, you're gonna play right guard. If you was a left guard, you're gonna figure it out. If you want that money, mm-hmm. so so um, the reason why I bring it up is because yeah. you know if Phil if Phil Haynes is Phil Haynes continues to play well. And Damian Lewis comes back. The one, the the reason why we moved Damian Lewis over to the other side, I believe, was when we um, we either traded or signed Gabe Jackson. That was another one of those moves to like yeah, try to trade. And so you know, you 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 get Gabe Jackson. He's got this big contract. You know, he might be winding down towards the end of his contract. So you know, we don't have that responsibility towards him as much as we would if we were to you know trade for him really recently. Do you move Damian Lewis back to the right side and keep Phil Haynes on the field? Like, yeah. you know, that that's the that's the thing. Then your only weak spot is center. Well, I don't it depends because like Gabe Jackson is, I think, playing at a pretty decent level right now. He hasn't given me any reason to believe that, like, oh, we got to pull him out. If mm-hmm. anything, we need to pull out um, Austin Blythe, but we don't really have like a backup center just to replace him. Right. So yeah. it could be a, a lot of issues at I the think, center position. I think Joey Hunt. I think Joey Hunt made it back to the practice squad or jo- jo- who's is it Joey Hunt or Drew? What was the guy's name? I'm not sure who's on the practice <laughs> squad right now for Seattle. Yeah, no, who was the st- the center last year? There's Ethan Pochich. Yeah, he was there, yeah. and then we let him go. Or Pochich, and then yeah, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, but, well, I think they just signed someone to their practice squad as well. I think it was Joey Hunt. Yeah, and um, so that might be something to keep an eye on as well because maybe oh, wow. the organization is aware. Phil of Haynes, how. yeah. So Phil Haynes was from the 2019 draft, and we picked him in the fourth round there. So I mean, at least we have another young um guard like to develop so really we're really getting young at offensive line enough but hopefully we can develop our offensive line into a solid o-line and i think uh yeah it'll just be like we say you know this is the year of rebuild you know this is the time if there is any ever any time to be moving pieces around and seeing how you know how they fit in the 
in the grand scheme of things. One thing that I think you wanted to touch on again was the special teams play, right? Um, special teams at the, I mean, at the end of it, it's just bad. We've had, you know, a lot of bad play, like just a lot of bad plays with, uh, in terms of Seattle and their special teams this year, which I don't think, I guess with you being a, like a longer fan than I was, how would like, I guess special teams over the years, was that any bad than it is this season? Or was it just like we were getting worse to where we are now? This is probably like one of the worst seasons. You know, we, we, we've always been, you know, very top tier, you know, top, uh, yeah, I'd say top team in, mm-hmm. in our special teams play, you know, whether that's in punt coverage, kickoff coverage, field goals, and punting. You know, for mm-hmm. a long time, Stephen Hauschka and John Ryan were the, the names, you know, when we, we had a lot of success. Oh, shoot, um, man, that, it has been a while since I've heard, then, like, Stephen Hauschka's name. Yeah, and then, you know, after... I don't remember who was in between uh, Mike Dixon and uh, John Ryan, but, you know, we started, you know, once those names started moving on, like when Steven Hashka moved on, we had, I think we took Blair Walsh. You remember Blair Walsh? <laughs> oh, we don't want to talk about Blair Walsh, but I think Mike Dixon is still on the team as our punter. He's our, uh, yeah, we drafted him. Yeah. From UT, you know, hook him horns. Hook him and, horns. Yeah. Hook him horns. And um, he's really good at his, at his craft, except for that, I was going to go into it, but that one punt where yeah. like he kept the ball and he was trying to do something with it. I'm like, what are you doing? Kick the ball. And he didn't kick it. And it was in the red zone and they got, yeah. the got the ball. So that was, one and of I our... think they scored a tud off of that. Yeah, there it is. So yeah, with the special teams, we've in the last two weeks, including I, I think prior, cause this, this came out, this was from yesterday. They said, we fumbled a punt return. We gave up a fake punt for a first down. We fumbled a punt attempt. We missed an extra point and had multiple penalties on punts down inside the 10-yard line. Yep. Can't win. Can't win with with that. that. Yeah, Yeah. I think the coach has already said enough on that to the team. So, And Pete Carroll has always – we've talked about, like, you know, there's the three sides of football. There's offense, defense, and special teams. You know, Pete Carroll knows that better than anyone. So, um you know that that'll be that'll be a uh, talking point for sure in the in the uh, uh, kickers room for sure. Yeah, I got nothing else to say on the Seahawks game other than like we got the Cardinals up next, so we're back to division division battles. So hopefully we can get the win. It's winnable, but you know with our Cardinals are struggling right now, for sure. Yeah, they have a struggling offense, but at the same time, when it comes to division games, you never know. All of a sudden, we can play great. Yeah, or we can play get bad. played great on. <laughs> oh my gosh true true kyler murray's got that mobility where if they let him loose he can he can hurt us you know we've if Taysom hill can do it you sure as hell can believe that kyler murray can do it to us or they just throw the zach Ertz sense you know zach we can't Ertz, cover yeah. we can't cover tight ends yeah like i said like uh like i said earlier like everybody's playing independently there's like you just feel like it's disjointed you know what i mean oh for like, sure man yeah and you know maybe that's like one thing but you know we just like lack the fundamentals right now you know, it seems like tackling is an issue. If you can't trust your teammates to tackle, then you're not going to be able to focus on your own job, right? Because if, sure. if, yeah, because that's how you give up the big plays. And you know, maybe that's the thing that we need to drill down to. Um, Cardinals, you know, I I don't I think their defense is struggling as well. So I think we should be able to put up points on them. I don't. Do you know any of their big name players on their defense anymore? I besides JJ Watt, um, well. JJ Watt, whoever's at their linebacking, Buda Baker's out there still. Yeah, go Huskies. Uh, go Huskies. Um, nothing to where, like, you know, if I was doing my own scouting report, we should be worried, worried. 
but it's not like their defense have been like a stout thing. We can win. We just have to be consistent. But we I don't want another shootout. I hate having a shootout every single week. That's the yeah. issue right now. As long as our offense is efficient, we're literally living and dying by what our defense is giving up, right? And I think mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what it boils down to. Like our defense made Jimmy Garoppolo look great, but look at Jimmy Garoppolo in like some of these recent games. I mean, I think this week we'll get mm-hmm. into this week. I think they blew For out sure. the Panthers. Um but you know, as a whole, you know, we should be we should be like we're putting up historically bad numbers. Like I don't know if we have like the um, the rate at which we're giving up yards and points, but I'm 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 willing to bet. Like if last oh, year was bad, we're, we're worse than we're last 32. year. We're thirty two. We're literally last and giving up like the amount of points we've given up in the past two weeks alone with the Lions and this past game, it's bad. We're we're back to number thirty two defense at this point. Yeah, and so we'll see. Uh, Always, as sad, always, bro. don't be sad, bro, bro. It'll get better. It'll get better. Don't be <laughs> sad, brother. <laughs> It'll, you know, it, it's one of those things. Like we, we, we came into this with, uh, with realistic expectations. We didn't come in saying we're going to win the chip. You know, I, I joked about it last week. Like, what if we win the chip? You know, how funny would that be? But the funniest at, at that day. You know, at the end of the day, we're we're pretty realistic about our expectations, and so you know, we know what to expect. We we expect to see an efficient offense. And it's just really what's up with the defense. You know, that that's the only wild card for us. True, true. So let's anyway, get in, how about we get yeah. into those week five games, which we already talked about the Colts at the Broncos, which was the worst game. You got that one right, though, with your pick on the Colts. But we both know that that game sucked in general. Yeah, there, that is the highlight of that game. Seven field goals. You know, maybe they should have got two. The, the, the kicker should have got $250 million. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, we also had Giants at Packers. That was a that was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because that was in yeah. London. We didn't yeah. watch either of us. Neither of us watched it. Both it's of funny us got that wrong. because it. I just seen a tweet recently that it was like the most watched London game uh, ever. Almost, I believe. Like it was a like a lot of people were watching that game. I'm glad they did because they saw the, the Giants beating the Packers, which I did not expect. But man, yeah, I think the. The Packers put up 22 points in the first half, and you know you're thinking they're cruising, and then they just get blanked in the second half. What you can't be doing that, right? But Brian Dabble was having a blast. Here. Brian Dabble, Brian Dabble. I think I think we need to put some respect on the the NFC East for for the time being. Some mm-hmm. some cautious respect because Brian Dabble has the has the Giants balling out. You got the like, Eagles five and zero right now. Brian Dabble and his Giants are four and one. And I think and, the Cooper Rush and Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys are also four and one. So. Right, and then we just don't talk about the other one because the commies. <laughs> the commies are just struggling, and we'll get to their game in a second. So I think what's next? What Steelers are at Bills? Yep, thirty-eight to three Bills. Both of us were right on that one. We didn't expect anything different. I, I wasn't going to say Steelers are going to come out with the win either because I already knew. You know what's funny is that uh, I saw a meme about this. It's like when uh, Mitchell Trubisky throws a pick, you know, it shows like people going like ballistic. And when Kenny Pickett throws a pick, like everybody's oh, like, oh, that's our boy. Well, because they would rather see. Well, because Mitchell Trubisky, he, you know what you're going to get out of him. If you sign him to your team, you know what Mitchell Trubisky is going to give you. He already, his, his uh, ceiling is very low. His floor is just like really bad or average at best. So I think people are just happy to put the rookie in and then just see what the rookie does. Of course, rookie comes in and throw three picks in the first half. Not this game. Um, it was the last game before this one. But yeah, 
I mean, I, I think they'd rather just, I think you would rather see if we had a rookie co- uh, quarterback that was just sitting in, you know, behind whoever we have, let's it could be anybody. Eventually you're going to be like, we, we drafted him for a reason. Right. And you're mm-hmm. losing bad. You're going to want Kenny Pickett. Oh, for sure. What one, one person to call out Gabriel Davis put up Moss like numbers. He had three receptions for 171 yards and two tuds. I mean, one of those was a 98 yard breakout touchdown. Whoever has so, them on fantasy, you're doing you're doing the Lord's work over there because man, <laughs> Gabriel Davis, like in multiple weeks alone, he is um just he's having a ball right now. So hopefully the Bills can keep it up. Yeah. So next up we got Chargers at Browns, thirty to twenty eight Chargers. I got that one right, but it was a close one. Oh my god! Like I, <laughs> I was just like, come on! But it was one of those close ones, right? Like the Colts and Broncos, but. There was touchdowns in this one. So um, I think like the one thing, yeah, the Chargers won with a brand new kicker and he made all six of those kicks. So that was, I think that was the shocker. That was the, uh, that was the deal breaker. Cause you know, we kind of, you're, I mean, you were touching on this last week. You're starting to suss out this Chargers defense a little bit. They're not, they're not gelling as well as you you would hope. You know, they went out and got new, uh, got new talent, you know, I think up and down that, that defense. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's taking a little time to gel, but we'll see. And, you know, next up we had Texans at Char- at Jaguars. You know, this was in close contention for being the worst wow. game of the week. But we the literally, only... we both guessed wrong on this one. Because I yeah, don't think thought... anyone thought the Texans were going to win this one with what the Jaguars have been doing in the past couple of weeks, right? Yeah, and, you know, this is the Texans' first one of the season. So yep. we didn't have, we didn't expect that. And the only reason this wasn't the most boring game of the week was because they scored a touchdown. Like, I think, I think that's the only thing that... Um, I think the only thing that uh, separated this from the the Broncos Colts game, but one thing I wanted to shout out to was that you know it might be worth keeping an eye on Damian Pierce because he was balling out and you know he was breaking tackles left and right, baby beast esque, mm-hmm. and so you know he had I think oh yeah I think yeah he had seventeen broken tackles, which is the most ever by according to PFF. Yeah, you know, that, so keep an like, eye on that. Even that just, it was just that one play. Where that everyone one play was trying had, to that one had play like where, six or seven broken tackles in that one play. Or most something. of those seventeen broken tackles was in that one play because literally everyone was trying to stop him, and he is a solid running back. And I don't even think the Texans picked him out really high either. Um, I think he's a yeah, he's a rookie, and I, I forgot like where they picked him at, but yeah, he's he's doing like in in the case of the Texans, like this is literally a joke too in itself, but he's definitely doing the Lord's work with the jokes on the Texans <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, right. But he's he's been he's been doing really good and he's been pretty much scoring in each of the games this season so far. He's has so been if, he's, if he's unclaimed in your fantasy league, then you know pick him up. I mean, I don't know why he would be unclaimed, but and if you're, if you're already losing this bad in fantasy, like I'm, I mean, I'm three and two in both of my leagues right now. But for all the zero and fives out there, you gotta try someone new, right? Yeah. All right, we had Bears at Vikings, twenty nine, twenty two Vikings. We both got that one right. I think. Yeah. I mean, we we talked about this last week, but like it's Vikings. I, I made the Vikings, mistake of yeah, Vikings outside of, of prime time, they're gonna win. When you yeah. put Vikings in prime time, always go bet against the Vikings in that moment. And Bears are trying to find themselves. Yeah, but you know, credit to them, they actually scored. They made a game of it, so good on them. Um, right. Hopefully, they carry that momentum into this coming week. We had Lions at Patriots, twenty nine to zero. Pats, both of us were wrong on this one. Um, I, I went for the feel good factor. Like I was hoping the Lions would finally claw out that win, but you know, Bailey Zap coming out of nowhere, 
Or it's a you rookie know, quarterback, by the way. He's a rookie quarterback. He pretty much looks like Mac Jones, like physically. Like who? He look like <laughs> I like, saw who? a meme. It was like he looks like he uh, Bailey Zapp looks like the guy that they get to play Mac Jones in the Netflix documentary about Alabama football or something like that. Yo, that's so <laughs> funny because he really does look like him. It's like they literally just drafted another like another Mac Jones basically because at the end of the day. Um, co- uh, Belichick is gonna coach. He's gonna oh, he's gonna out coach whoever. Most of the time, out coach the other team across. He, he may not have even have his own pieces, but he will co- like he will out coach you, and he did. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, you get that's one thing you can always count on. Dolphins at Jets. We had forty to seventeen Jets. We were both very wrong on this one. The I Jets were annihilated. The Jets annihilated the Dolphins. It was actually close because it was actually like seventeen nineteen, and then in this case, it was the Jets, right? But then over time, like Dolphins either messed up because they uh, Teddy Bridgewater got out of the game pretty early and they had a third quarterback in. He was keeping the game close and then boom, you know, it they did it, it like the dam broke. Yeah. And I think they took it personally when I think Tyreek Hill had some slander towards them when there was the Tyreek Hill sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think they took it personally. And I think that's what we were seeing out there because Robert Sala can get those guys motivated. We saw it. We saw him on the sideline for the Niners oh, yeah. for a number of years. That defense was really good in that game too. Quentin Jefferson picked up a fumble. He ran with it for a little bit. Um, Sauce got his first pick in the NFL in that game. I remember, uh, Tariq Woolen's probably like, I remember my first pick in the NFL. <laughs> Weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Weeks ago. It's Catch been a buddy. fortnight since my first pick. <laughs> yeah, but I think also like Sauce Gardner is also I forgot where that list is. I don't know where that tweet is at where they listed like, you know, in terms of like targets towards whoever and whatever like that. But um, people are avoiding him like the plague, right? Basically, yeah, they're avoiding Sauce Gardner. They're avoiding Ta- uh, Tariq Woolen. So it's one of those things where like he they just haven't thrown his way yet mm. until then. And it, it was a pick. It was an easy pick for him to get, but it's a, a pick's a pick. And yeah. he was celebrating. And I, I, I want the Jets also to succeed. And right now, they're it's like the Jets and the Lions are getting those wins over like the the struggling teams. Well, I want them to see them actually get the big wins. You know what I mean? So yeah, we'll see. And then we got Falcons at Buccaneers, twenty-one to fifteen. Bucks, you got this one right. I got it wrong. I again went for the feel-good story here. I you thought went against Tom. Like we may not, you know, whatever hey, your feelings are against Tom Brady. In, in my defense. That was a bullshit roughing the passer call. Oh, oh like, no, most definitely. Most definitely. That, that, that's what there and Chiefs, I believe. Yeah. And you know, I, well, Chiefs was another one. I think yeah. uh, what's his name? Was it Chris Jones? Was that yeah. was that his name? It was Chris I think Jones. he basically he had the he's the only person that ever got a roughing the passer call with the football in his hands. But we'll get to that one. You know, I uh the Falcons at Buccaneers. Yeah, I thought Mar- I wanted this one to win for Marcus Mariota, you know, just as a like again for the feel good, but like you know, it just you can't bet against Buccaneers, but I did. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you can't okay. bet against we, Tom Brady. Sorry. It's okay. We have those games we choose where it's like, I want the underdog to win. And it's okay. You felt that. You felt you wanted the underdog to win. I've already done it. I've lost. I mean, I've lost this week in general. But, hey, I, yeah, I, you, I still go for the underdog wins. I love to see it. You can tell from my tone that I'm not as uh, braggadocious as I was last week. Uh, <laughs> it was a little bit closer. Like, uh it was, I think it was only a couple games off. I'm catching up to you, bro. You are catching up. Uh, next up, we had Titans at Commies, 21-17 Titans. We were both right on this one, but Commanders nearly took it. You know, that's worth highlighting. But as we would expect, Carson Wentz threw a goal line pick. Yep. Also, 
they had their uh rookie running back who got he got shot in dc and he had brian robinson i think his name is right yes and he they they had him come out to 50 cents many men many men many 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 men men. (laughs) (laughs) i was like wow Wow. damn i'd like to think that he picked that himself that's some swag coming out there it worked it worked right but unfortunately like he's he's playing for the commanders so unfortunately yeah you can't have too much of a feel-good story when you're playing for the Commanders right now. Good to see him come out, though. We yeah, had for sure, 49ers for sure. at Panthers, 37-15, to 15, 49ers. We were both right on this one. Oh, of course. I think the thing to, I mean, it, like Baker Mayfield continued to play awful. I think he got injured, uh, if I'm right. Or I, I think I, I think Baker Mayfield got injured, and I think we could expect P.J. Walker next week. Yeah, he's um, supposed to start because ba- uh, Baker Mayfield had a pres- oh no he got he got doctors basically got so many opinions come back to him about what he should do and they're basically saying you don't need surgery, it's not that um um what was it oh it's not that bad you don't need surgery or anything like that so you know boom you'll be good give like just put some time out <laughs> yeah injuries piled up in this game Nick Bosa got a groin injury Mosley got a Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL Ward broke his hand. Jeez, I didn't see all that. So that was a so this was the game with like all these injuries happening too. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, um, that's a lot. I mean, especially because 49ers are probably sitting at the top of the NFC West um, in terms of. I mean, like uh, as of right now, but even down the line, we could probably see that team being the one that comes out of the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Um, one another thing, you know, um, Matt Rolf got fired. And you know he was replaced by Steve Wilkes. Always got to highlight that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, uh, um, you got people that's been there for a little bit, and of course, people are just going to come up and almost got to step up. But I think he's good right now. Uh, I believe Steve Wilkes was also like a coach at, I believe, the Cardinals for a time and the Browns. So he's been around the league a little bit. So right now, just interim coach. He could, I heard, potentially he could take the full head coach job, but of course you know how it works. You ain't going to yeah. know until the end. I also have a theory about the head coach, so I'm going to let you finish your little bit about this game real quick, and I could just say it. He's also part of that Brian Flores lawsuit, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the uh, that's the other thing to keep an eye on. But, you know, he's a black coach in the NFL. We got we to gotta celebrate that because, you know, there are not too many of them out not there. Not too many black head coaches, man. But yeah. uh, I also have a theory uh, that I've heard from someone else uh from over on sports game i think it's sports game opinion or no Ugh. it's uh forgot the dude's podcast but he has like his own youtube channel as well um i'll you know do do due diligence in a second but point basically the theory is that the carolina panthers just got out of a you know seven year six or seven year like what was it 80 million dollar deal or 60 million dollar deal with with Matt Rule, which they still have to pay him for. So like we said in the beginning, he's still getting paid that money. Uh, he's getting paid like almost a million dollars a month, by the way. So let that sink in, like about 840K. Best so, job in the world. Best job in the world, right? Go golfing or something at that point because, hey, they're 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 paying that thing out. So he's about to get paid like 60 billion. Like he's honestly, I don't care who you are, unless you literally found ways to spend all of it in a short period of time. That is literally like, that sets you up. That sets your fa- you and your family up if you know how to use it. So we'll see what happens. But back to I the mean, theory. You, real you know quick, what? Uh, yeah, real go quick, ahead. I got you real quick. The theory is I think they got out of Matt Rule because they want first dibs at Sean Payton. Oh, that's an interesting theory. 
Yeah, like it's I I know again this isn't my theory, you, you, but you, I am I am I'm on it. I'm on that train because like if someone's gonna bring in and bring and bring Carolina Panthers back, because right now Carolina Panthers might be in a bit of, is is officially we can call it if it hasn't been called before they're in rebuilding state because teams have already called out about C- getting trade talks for CMC already. <laughs> I think and the DJ Bills, Moore. The, yeah, Bills called about CM. Uh, Bills called about CMC. They were talking about trading for him and to be yeah. so op. Yeah, man. So it's it's rebuild season at this point for Carolina Panthers because if if none of this worked, it's not working. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing about what you just said too is that if Sean Payton goes to Carolina, that's a you know that's a team that's in the same division as the Saints. Like, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that could be that could be some there could be some uh, some some dirty details about that one if there if if there's some like vendetta that Sean Payton has that he comes to an NFC South team to. Uh, you know, because usually that's what that's what happens. Like, you know, like um, Jason Garrett went to be offensive coordinator for the Giants, kind of like as the FU to FU to the Cowboys. Type I don't know of how that's a FU because the Giants were just trash at the time. And you could see it in their offense, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that wasn't that was a poorly executed FU. That was a you effed up. <laughs> you effed up. Good one, my man. Good one. <laughs> All right. But let's get let's keep going. We got mm-hmm. Eagles at Cardinals. We both guessed Eagles on this one closer than we thought. Some poor game game management by Kyler Murray. He, I think, he slid too early, and then he spiked. He he spiked on a on a play when he shouldn't have. Um, kind of killed that killed that possession for or that opportunity for them to tie the game because I think they had the ball to end the game, right? I believe, yeah, I believe so. That was the case, and I've heard there's issue with Kyler Murray and the head coach. There's issues with. Obviously, people are going to have issues with Kyler Murray in general because that's the quarterback you paid before mm-hmm. this this season, and you see where the Cardinal season is heading, right? So, yeah, it's it's kind of like that same thing with like Russ. People are just, I guess, steadily disappointed with like Kyler Murray, and if not Kyler Murray, then the head coach, I guess. Yeah, it's Cliff Kingsbury. You no, know, if, if, if 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 you're thinking of offensive minded head coaches, Cliff Kingsbury is right up there as one of the most like. Um, Respected offensive minds, you know, it's new age offensive minds. Oh, I, thought um, that, I thought that was with like while he was in the college setting, but it hasn't necessarily been like rosy in the league. Yeah, it, for, like, it seems like they're two seasons here and there. Yeah, because like they, they, they do good for half the season and then they just start sinking. Right. And that's yep. like, that's like their pro- problem. You know, some people will say it's because Kyler starts taking hits. Maybe that's the theory that, that, that maybe that's the rationale between behind why Kyler mm-hmm. hasn't been running as much, you know, to start the season off, maybe they'll unleash him at like the halfway point. So that way well, he's, I say cliff is on the hot seat as of right now. He's also one of those coaches that are in the hot seat. It's probably cliff. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, next up we had Cowboys of the Rams, 22, 10 Cowboys. Both of us were wrong on this one. And we, uh, we're, we're thoroughly disgusted, but very Rush disgusted. Is, we are very disgusted. And Cooper rush only had to throw the ball 10 times. Like what the hell? And they yeah, came out with a dub. They had a they had a run game going and all that good stuff. But of course, what like what does it show? Rams are being trashed. Now, I won't discredit the Cowboys and what they're doing in the defensive side of things with Micah Parsons, like how they they fit. Matt him Stafford and, was running for his life. Yeah, and how they and how they schemed him and stuff. Like what they're doing with the defense is it's smart with like Micah Parsons and the others, but like yeah, um, there was even a meme about like Cooper Rush, and I think I sent it to you as well. Like, like the it's like a video of just like a dude like 
just looking at like like at Dak Prescott, like almost <laughs> every win, like Cooper Rush keeps giving Dak that look on the side, like you ain't coming back in here. It's my team now. Like I would love to make that drama. I would love QB drama to happen for no apparent reason. Because if Dak just for the sake in, of drama, I think I'm a toxic person. <laughs> you know, yeah, just for the sake of it. But like, if Dak comes in and they lose a game, do you think they're going to be like bring Cooper Rush back out? Uh, no, they'll do they'll do the it's Jerry World, so they'll do the spin. They'll say. Dak came back too early. They'll try to avoid it being like some sort of controversy. Dak's our oh, guy, but mm. we need to let him heal properly. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Right, right. Like yeah. every year. They say I mean, every year. Every year. But I think we need to highlight how bad Rams offensive line is. Like they they, they have like no semblance of a running game. And you, like we said, Matt Stafford is running for his life. I think Matt that's the, Stafford, I think, well, he's getting, he's, he's like old, not like, you know, just old, but like he, his body has taken so many hits from being on the Detroit Lions that like his bumps it, and bruises start early. It, 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 it has already caught up. That's why he has like that sleeve on, on his right arm and stuff like that. Cause he has like a baseball throwing injury too. So it's yeah. really just like, you're not really starting off with a great thing on the Rams. And they're talking about like, you know, F it, we'll do it again, you know, cause F them picks. I'm like, yeah. You got to say F them picks because they're gone now. Y'all don't have a first round pick <laughs> yeah. until 26 or 28. No, it's 26. Something ridiculous like that. Like that yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, you know, know. I mean, Rams are trash. Let's just say they're yeah. trash until all of a sudden they're not trash. But I'm not saying they're, I don't know if they'll last in like the playoffs that long. They could probably go like a couple games in, but like it depends on the healthier team at this point. Yeah. We had Bengals at Ravens. That was a Sunday night game, 1917. Uh, Ravens and I was right off of Justin Justin Tucker's right boot. All I got to say is I got to respect Justin Tucker. That's that's it. Respect to Justin Tucker. I hated how it got to that point, but you know, hey, in division games, you never know how they'll go, and that's just one of those games. I mean, it was good to see that the Ravens were able to hold on to a lead, even though they, uh, well, I guess they lost the lead, but you know, they to be leading in the game and to eventually win the game. That's been their problem at home. Yeah. Uh, fun, fun stat that I saw was that, you know, with advanced metrics, they can now measure like the Y, like the dimensions of the field and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They were saying Justin Tucker's kick was so straight that even if the goalposts were half a yard wide down the middle, he would have still made that kick. Like oh, process wow. that. Make the man know? look even better by just like, come on now. But like uh, he's, he, but Justin Tucker, that's a hall of famer kick right there. Yeah, I mean, people are saying maybe best all time. Like, come on. Really? Like that's, mm. Yeah. Actually, wait I mean, like, I mean, Adam Vinatieri is the last is the only other, is the name I think of when I think of best all time kickers. And, you know, uh, yeah, Justin Tucker. Yeah, that's yeah, well, I'm in agreement. I'll, I'll take that. You know, as long as he retires before his numbers start dipping, then, you know, he'll he'll he'll, he'll, take he'll, it. he'll get that Hall of Fame nod regardless of like where they go. You've seen a lot. I think we've seen a good chunk, if not a lot of players where like they went bad, like Eli Manning went bad in his last some years. But, you know, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, especially mm-hmm. when he went to the Super Bowl twice to beat who Tom Brady. Yeah, so we're uh, gonna give him that. Anyway, yeah, and side yeah, tangent. that game was a lot closer than we thought it'd be. Um, we thought it'd be a little bit of a shootout, but you know, good to see the Ravens actually kind of get out of their funk. You know, True. we'll see how they go going forward. Raiders at Chiefs. That was an interesting one. You want to talk a little bit about that? Um, I re- like the Raiders really were winning like seventeen zero. I remember like tuning. I literally tuned in to the game and it was seventeen zero with the Raiders, and they were like, "If you're just coming in and you're seeing that score." Yeah, you're right, but I'm like, it's still a lot of time. If you let Patrick Mahomes flourish, he will flourish. And as you can see, it was a very close game. You know, these Raiders at Chief games are or Raiders Chief games are always like close or like. Because I remember 
Derek Carr beat Chiefs one season, but like, yeah, this sucks. But the, some of these stat lines are funny though. So if you want to talk about those, yeah, let me just rattle them off. So we had Travis Kelty, twenty-five yards, four tuds. What the hell is that? He saved someone's fantasy. He saved <laughs> me. He saved someone's me. Matchup. He saved me. He literally Did saved he save me. You? Yes, because oh I God. was I was losing by like twenty. Or like twenty to thirty points. I kid you not. By Monday night, I was losing that. But I didn't even look at that fantasy team, and until like you told me like some of the stat lines from the game, I said, "Wait, who?" You said Travis Kelsey. I looked at it. This man gave me. Well, this is just how we do it in our leagues. I, I think we like bump. It's still scaled enough, so you can scale it back to your you know vanilla ones. But like he gave me thirty five points. Damn, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I know, bro. <laughs> Because, like, you get six points for each touchdown. That's 24. And then he got 25 yards. And then I think the catches, too. But I don't think there's a lot that many catches. I think we get a little bit more. But regardless, that's still a lot of points to get mm-hmm. from your tight end. Yeah, he got he got me a dub. Yeah, and on the other side, you know, you had Josh Jacobs. He had 154 yards rushing on, on only 21 carries, 39 yards on five receptions. Josh Jacobs back, question mark, probably. He's been I think he's been balling out the last couple games, right? Yes, because uh, Raiders, since they got their new head coach and their new front office in, they literally um, did not take up any of the fifth-year options for any of the past first-year rounders. That includes Josh Jacobs. So he's having a little bit of like his – this is basically his contract season, by the way. Oh, there you um, go, then. Yeah, so that's that's the big thing there. And, of course, if you want to just end it off with Devontae Adams – Devontae Adams, three catches, 124 yards, two tuds, very Moss-like numbers, and one shoved cameraman. And one shoved cameraman, which apparently there's a police report out, so we'll see what happens with that one. But uh, fun fact. It's a situation I, to keep in mind. Fun eye fact, on. though, I have all three of these people on on a team, or two teams, technically. I have Travis Kelsey on my NFL Fantasy League, and then I have both Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs in my ESPN league with my, Wait, my what job. are you playing like eight, eight, eight team leagues. See that one. Okay. On that one, it's literally like 11, 10 or it's yeah. We have 11 people in that one. So of course there's going to be more talent going to certain teams. Like literally I had someone say, Hey, Hey bro. Um, I have too many like stud running backs. Do you, I, I told you about this trade before I have oh, too yeah, many yeah, yeah. stud running backs and I, I, I just need to like get some wide receivers. You mind like give me Devonte Adams and someone else. And I was just like, you know, I could take Aaron Jones. I think he was giving me Aaron Jones and someone else. I forgot who, but I know Aaron Jones is like the big one. Like, hey, I'll give you Aaron Jones from the Packers. But I'm just like, but they have both A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. So I'm just going to keep who I have. I have a lot of receivers. I have Jalen Waddle. I have, like, I have some receivers on that team. But enough about that roster. Um, the point is, like, all these people are doing work. Like Devontae Adams only off of three catches. That means I know those are like those. Oh, is that Devontae over there? He's over there somewhere. Throw it. <laughs> yeah, so. I think that was his first touchdown was just kind of like a, oh, Devontae's open. Let me just chuck it because I was, a, I think, a 60-yard bomb. Oh, uh, one thing to keep an eye on, though, is the NFL might take action because if it's a cameraman, you know, that don't look good. If it's like a, yeah, there's a police, there's a, a police they follow the police report. So it's, we'll so, see how I mean, that goes. That's definitely a fine. So That's he's going to get fined. Fine. He's already gotten fined for that. You know how they do. It's like, oh, did you push a cameraman of any, whether it's third party, if not NFL? Oh, that's like, you know, $30,000 or something like that. They just, they just It's a fine. They ain't going to mm. take him out. Yeah, so that that's the thing to keep an eye on, though, because if he if they do take him out like for a suspension, because if like you said, if he's done like if he's done this multiple times or I don't know if he's had multiple offenses in the past, 
you know, it could be like a third strike type of situation. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. do a suspension. So it'll be a thing to keep an eye on for next week's matchups. Yep. Um, actually, the Raiders, I think the Raiders might be on uh, by next week. But, you know, they'll they just one ga- it's one game. So, you know, we, if, if he gets suspended, he'll miss week eight. But we'll see how that goes. That wraps up week five games. Should we just rapid fire through our week six predictions? Yeah, let me pull up my picks. But you know, once yeah, so I... little update from us. We're doing this a little differently than last week. We uh, we hit our picks from each other, and we're just gonna rattle them off really quick here live. I'll start off and say, this week, I think it's one of those weeks that like, I anything like I, I only, I, like anything can go. Like it's 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 tough. Like the only one I I, I like. You know, we we allow each other to change our picks before Sunday morning, right? Mm-hmm. And like, it could like I could be over here like uh, like fiddling with it like up until like you know Sunday morning because like I I can go either way on a lot of these games. Facts. But, some of these are literally like coin tosses of games. Like depending on some of these matchups, they're literally like a coin toss. You don't know who. You can't even give like a whoever solid gets guess, the ball first. Basically, like like think about like some of the matchups like like from last week. Bear, uh, Broncos and Colts, like that was a coin toss. <laughs> Come on, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, oh, let's uh, before we start rattling these off, let's summarize Week Five. So, Week mm-hmm. Five, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to highlight: you made a last-minute change, and that cost you the the, the week, I think, right? No, I know, I know. <laughs> don't no, maybe no. I, don't, I did I, change. I did make I did make a change of one game, but I think it was I forgot. I think it was Lions and one. Patriots, right? Yes, it was. Well, I, th- I think if you would have got that one right, you would have still ended up eight and eight. So you ended up seven and nine. I ended up nine and seven, which gives me the dub this week too. Puts yeah. me at two and zero. Oh. Um, overall, you're at twelve and nineteen, but you you made good progress this week compared to last week. Twenty and eleven for me. Took a little mm-hmm. bit. I took a little step back. I think I did. Th- I changed the Lions game. That one is the one I changed from. I think Lions to Patriots, if I remember correctly. But I mean, it doesn't matter. It didn't save me in the week. It was close. It made it close, but. Yeah. If you did, we'll make that adjustment. I thought you told me the other otherwise, and so yeah. I, keep I think it as the, is. That's fine, my man, because like I'll take it. I'm getting closer to you, so you just you know this upcoming yeah. week we're gonna get like it. we do we do this on a weekly basis anyway, right? So we do week records. I think that would have put you at eight and eight, so that would have still been lost. But I'll I'll, uh, I'll double check our messages and make sure you get the uh, overall record recognition. Oh, I'm not I'm not gonna be a I'm not gonna be a a down you know like a a bad loser about it. I'll take the L, but I was like you said, I was closer. So yeah, you're getting there. These, you want to get into these picks? Because uh, yeah, let's get into them. Let's rattle them off really quick. Commanders mm-hmm. at Bears. I honestly like Bears. I, that's that's who I went with. It's funny because at first I put Commanders, but then I was like, you know what? I have more faith in the Bears. Literally, yeah. like today, I was doing it today, and I was like, mm, Bears. I think I did that after I decided Bears after seeing them last week, but it was like. I think the Bears defense is probably better than Commanders defense. You know, it's really tough for me to say. Yeah, but the offense is dependent on Carson Wentz. So at that and point, Bears are dependent on Justin Fields, who I think I'll he's take Bears. He, yeah, I think I, I got more faith in Justin Fields. I think mm-hmm. the thing is, we talked about this, right? Carson, there's quarterbacks that can win you games. There's quarterbacks that can lose you games. Carson Wentz can has shown time and time. He's, bipo- again. he's a bipolar quarterback. Some games are hot. Some games are cold. Yeah. Although like in fantasy, he'll give you a lot of garbage points, but in the grand scheme of things, it may not, it doesn't account to wins. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had 49ers at Falcons. I got 49ers. Who you got? Oh, 49ers, man. That's not even a, that's not even a question. <laughs> Watch us oh. both be wrong. And we'll be happy to be wrong. If the 49ers lose, because that's our hey, division. I'll, rival. I'll, I'll take that, you know, but like the Falcons and that deep, well, excuse me, the 49ers and that defense with the Falcons. I don't know about that one. 
they got those injuries piling up on defense. I mean, we highlighted that. So that's something yeah. to keep an eye on. And, the, and we, we have, remember the Falcons have issues on their offense as well. They've had some people out on IR. So that's also why I'm like mm, 49ers. It's easy. Yeah. And l- just want to make sure I wrote this down right. You had bears for the first one as well. I have bears. Yeah. Okay. I'm also, um, yeah, I'm also got it over here. We have that little table right here as well. So I'm filling that out too. So just for record keeping. Okay. Oh, I, I'm, I'm doing it in our spreadsheet. So <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, you're good. So we got Patriots at Browns. Patriots for me. I said Patriots. At first I was saying Browns, but then like, again, Bill Belichick will outcoach you even if he doesn't have all of his pieces. So mm-hmm. Jets at Packers. That's a tough one for me. Okay. This is the way I want to take some time because I literally was like, I've been thinking. Yeah. I need. I need some time to think on this one because like you want, you want I, some time. You want some time. Yeah. I, I'll put down an option for now. I mean, I put Packers for I now, but I, it might change. <laughs> but I liked a lot what I saw last week out of the Patriots. I like, or sorry, not the Patriots, the uh, the Jets. Mm-hmm. But I, the, the 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 Jets are like, you know, it's one of those bipolar teams. Like they can they can throw they can lay an egg on you and. You, yeah. the, the Packers are kind of the same way on the other side of the ball right now, too. I mean, but we just at, saw the, at the end of the day, it's Aaron Rodgers versus Zach Wilson. And Aaron Rodgers at least can get, even if he has like a lot of young wide receivers around him, he can they can come together. They've mm. been having issues and like the deep balls and stuff like that. But I think like he already took an L from the New York Giants. He's not about to take an L from the Jets. Yeah. And so we got Jaguars at Colts. This one's kind of tough, too. I Like I might need some time on this one. Like I think I'm gonna put I think I'm, I'm gonna put Jaguars. Colts for now. I'm putting Jaguars. All right, I'm I, I got because I got Colts for now. It's it's weird because Colts you don't know they're gonna be middling and suck like they did with the Broncos game or are they gonna obviously like you know win a game you know like they did against like a competitor or something like that right Yeah, but then you just see like the performance they put up last week against the Texans and you're just like, ah, what's gonna happen? <laughs> but that was a that's that that's an inner division rivalry, man. Like you anything yeah. goes down, like it could be a low scoring game. I'm not saying Jaguars are just gonna win it outright right now. I feel like that's a coin toss of a game depending on who wants it more. So I'm still going with Jaguars. In that. Aren't Colts in the same division? Or yeah. What, what? yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Colts in the same division as inner Jaguars. Division, right? Inner division games, man. Okay, it's yeah, a coin yeah. toss. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We have Vikings at Dolphins. Dude, Vikings. after seeing how the Dolphins Vikings. Oh, yeah, got Vikings. Because they are on Teddy Bridgewater right now, which who he got, he got injured in that game. So we'll see what happens. But right, actually, um, definitely the same Vikings for now. They have yeah, talent me. around whoever quarterback, whatever quarterback goes in there, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, pull this up really quick. Mm-hmm. Just make it easier for me. Okay. Um, next up, I got we got Bengals at Saints. I got Saints. I got it's Bengals. Saints, but it's at Saints, by the way. It's it's there. It's at, it's at home for Saints in the dome. So is Jameis Winston it. back? He's not back, but they have Andy Dalton and. They have their gadget player in Taysom Hill still, so. And we can't forget about Alvin Kamara. Or Cam Jordan on the defense. <laughs> on defense. Is, uh, their Jarvis defense Landry is or Mike- pretty solid, but again, it is the Bengals, so we'll see. But the Bengals had some off-season, uh, offensive line issues, but that's where I'm coming from anyway, especially with our uh, our uh, the Seattle game previously with it. Yeah. Ravens at Giants? I got Giants. You got Giants on this one? I got Giants, man. You, you like the, what you're seeing from Brad? You're, you're either on the train right now, or you're just like, okay, Ravens, but like, but the Ravens are at Giants for one. Uh-huh. And then two, Giants are like, they're up there. They just got off of a big win for Packers, but they still get Saquon Barkley is he's being Saquon Barkley right now. So yeah. I don't know. 
I'm, I think we'll I, so. I think the Giants have been successful because they've been keeping Danny uh, Danny Dimes out of stressful situations. Yes, and I think if there's a team that that's good at putting quarterbacks in stressful situations consistently over like the last 20 years, it's pretty much always the Ravens. So I'm counting on the Ravens to you know get under Dan, uh, uh, Daniel Jones's skin and you know that make him make some mistakes and we'll see what happens. Right. Bucks at Steelers. I, I got, got Bucks. bucks. This, Come on. That's, that's Come on. not that's not hard. Come on, man. That's, that's, that, that, all right, moving on. Panthers at Rams. Uh, I got Rams. Rams. Yeah, because you know I, I was kind of thinking about this one. Like you might see a bounce back game from the Panthers, but because from because who? you're gonna have you're gonna have PJ Walker in there. Pete, nah, I but, love PJ Walker. He, he he was on the uh, the Houston team in the XFL. Um, yeah, I forgot which which Houston team. I forgot, all of a sudden, it's not obviously not Rockets. That's NBA. But uh, I definitely have like a shirt and all that stuff from it. Um, he's good, but you know NFL is is you know another thing. But at least he has experience. But we're still I'm I'm still saying Rams regardless. Rams gonna have a bounce back game with that one. Mm. We have Cardinals at Seahawks. I, I, I put that Seahawks. Come on, we got to do that. If it's a, if it's anything close to a 50-50 game or even like 60-40, I got faith in Gino. Me too, especially with what we're showing with our offense and stuff again. Now, here's yeah. the biggest coin toss of all. Bills at Chiefs. I I put down Chiefs. I put down Bills because Josh Allen is tired. That man is already humping people. He if you didn't see the game when he was when Bills versus Rams, that he man, was violating. He was he violated, viol- <laughs> violated Jalen <laughs> Ramsey himself out there to like in the huddle, so you couldn't really catch it. Well, you could really see it, but it was like a yeah, it was in the scrum or like the dog pile, right? Yo, yeah. So like Josh Allen, like he's he knows they have like I I know for a fact on his calendar before the season started, he's like, "There's a Chiefs, we got to be ready for that because that was that one game where he lost, which they fixed the ruling for offensive or for, offensive. What am I saying?" For uh, for overtime, so the other team will get the ball during overtime. Yeah, which they switched to. They it's funny they switched from that to whoever scores first, then back to you know what we're gonna give every team the ball. <laughs> yeah, and I mean like in that kind of a situation, like that game could have gone on for years, <laughs> like really like for for days, like it could have gone on forever. They, they they were just going back and forth and back and forth. It really came down to who won the coin toss. Basically, and so in this case, I'm still going with the Bills. I like what I'm seeing from the Bills on the offensive, but especially from the defensive side. I think they had an injury or two on the defense for the Bills, but I'm more on the Bills than the Chiefs right now. Yeah, and so this one I might think about it a little bit some more. This is one of those like 50-50 games in my opinion, but at the uh, elite level, not at the uh, sub-elite level. And so mm-hmm. I'll be I'll think about this one, but for now, I think I'll give Chiefs because of their home field advantage. Um, you know, I think Travis Kelsey will probably feed, uh, CH has been doing well. So, mm-hmm. you know, they got, they got some, they got options. So, you know, I think that, that's, that I think that the chiefs can come away with this one. Cowboys at Eagles. 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 I Fuck love, I love hurt. Um, I don't like the Cowboys, but honestly, um, I'm one of those like, Hey, I got a black QB having some success. Let me let me keep up with that success because I don't even like the Cowboys, man. Eagles, go go ahead, man. Y'all yeah. y'all got the weapons over there. You just need like the and they even have like that uh, one defensive tackle from Georgia. Like they have a nice solid D line. So mm-hmm. either way, I'm all on Eagles right now. And they still have Brandon Graham there too as like the uh, veteran presence. 
Mm-hmm. One thing that to highlight about uh, Jalen Hurts, I don't know if we talked about it. Um, I think he topped Cam Newton's record for most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in his first 25 starts, I think. I think that, that was a statistic. I missed so, that one. Know. That's beautiful. I'll take that. Yeah. And so uh, I'll look up the exact numbers, um, but I think it was it was I think it was related to that because he came away with I think a rush another rushing touchdown or two from last week's game. Mm-hmm. I think it maybe no I think it was one rushing touchdown and I think they had four field goals. So I think that's how they got to like nineteen. Or, mm-hmm. I think that was the final score, right? Or maybe yeah. it was twenty. Maybe it was two touchdowns. But yeah, he's he's been he's been a, one of the elite dual threat options up to this point in the league. So hopefully that continues for them. Yep. Last and but not least, we have Broncos at Chargers. 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 Yeah. I'm not. Nope. I I told you after that last game with the Broncos, I gave them that chance. They you gave them that chance. I did. I gave them that chance, and they so it just went back. So like for me now, it's like yeah, I'm Chargers at this stage. I know. I think yeah, that's definitely like your big your big game for them, especially since mm-hmm. you know AFC West is the best now. So we'll see. But unless Broncos. And Russ can get that offense together. I'm 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 staying with Chargers right now. Yeah, and I mean I don't think anybody can blame you. I mean we saw all the flack that the Chargers were getting, or the the Broncos were getting. Yep. It'd be great if that team responds. But you know we've been saying it'd be great if that team responds for four weeks now. You know it's kind of like one of those things where yeah I can't after after a quarter of a season went down. We're like you know five five weeks in now. It's like you at least like at least teams by this point between four to six have their identity set in stone. So we'll see. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a key point. What is they don't know their identity yet, and until they figure out their identity, I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, to go very far. Basically, um, that wraps up week six games. Uh, it's been great. Any final thoughts from you, Adam? Um, for me, I want more NFL upsets. That's what makes the season exciting. Like I didn't know for a little bit that because I wasn't keeping up with the scores that time on Sunday. I was just kind of like getting my head ready for the for the work week going and I had some football in the background here and there for some games but I love it when like you see like Giants beating the Packers like out of nowhere and things of that nature yeah. so I want more NFL upsets because every week can be different um if you were to me. highlight an upset that like you know we talked about week six games mm-hmm. if you were to if you were to see an upset come in which one would that be um Giants Jets and, Jets and Packers Oh, Jets and Packers? That's a good one. That is the biggest I can see that one. one. That's the biggest one right there. Um, yeah. Bills and Chiefs, it's honestly a coin flip at that point, right? So I don't use that one. But yeah, Jets at Packers. If that's like if the Jets beat the Packers, I'm like, dang, New York, New York pretty much has your whole like has your number, Packers. Like Packers yeah. fans. So that's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, on that that's one. a good point. <laughs> um because they just you just got beat by New York Giants. If you get beat by the New York Jets. A worse and even well in their eyes, a worse, even worser New York team. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, for me, I mean, um, you know, I think one of the things that we saw this week was a, a response to the whole concussion situation from Tua, mm-hmm. and maybe that led to some of these BS rough in the passer calls. But um, it's good to see, like, the NFL is reacting how we kind of expected them to, right? Where you know they're mm-hmm. they're kind of clamping down on their concussion protocol. You know, they're checking for the littlest bit of thing because, I mean, people might say, you know, take the dresses off. I think Troy Aikman said that, but um, you know, it's these these are these guys are people, so you need to you need to be able to take care of them. So at least you know, good on them. You know, to as a sacrificial lamb, at least they're you know, for now at least taking a look at their uh, concussion protocol and you know, being a little bit more going vigilant. out there for like Tua, I would say stay out a little bit longer because one, that was a oof. 
Um, and you played two weeks, you know, if there was another concussion before. So obviously he has tears on his brain, unfortunately. Um, even the doctor, like you said, that Will Smith played at for like the NFL, like bringing CTE out. He definitely tweeted saying, that, you know, again, like reiterating that he said, hey, Intua, you need to retire, go see your family, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ah, because like, you know how much like if Tua was to actually just say, oh, I'm retiring now because of that. Do you know, like the media, a lot of them would be like, but Tua was like in the prime and he was getting close. And, you know, everybody you know, acts like you're everybody acts like your friend when when, you know, you're you're going out the door. But the real ones are the ones that stick with you while you're while you're going through your struggle and grinding. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, and the NFL media, yeah, they'll 100% do that. They'll yeah, they, st- they started their new protocol, their new concussion uh, protocol this past week. So they had, they, had, they really went very fast on that one. So Yeah. yeah. And then uh, any last thoughts from you? Oh, um, I was going to talk about the Geno, potential Geno contract. So if Geno continues to play the way he's playing right now, it's like, okay, I have two thoughts on this. One, he he should get a sizable contract, but I would still limit it to below 25 million a year. I don't think he, I want everyone to get their money. I'll put that out there first, but like in terms of like us trying to rebuild a team and stuff, you know, it's not like, I don't know if Gino, I don't know. Can Gino take us to the promised land of all the way to the Super Bowl? I'm not too sure, but I think we can at least get him on like a two or three year deal, less than 25 million a year, hopefully. That's if he continues to play the way he plays and he doesn't just all of a sudden regress or, you know, like fits magic or something like that. Just all of a sudden it's there and it's gone, but we'll see. And of course, Drew Locke, I'm not even sure what's going to happen. Like if Drew Locke says like, yeah, I'll stay because unless like whatever the, I don't know what the quarterback um, field is going to look like going forward after this season with like, you know, teams trying to get a new quarterback or whatever. But I think Drew Locke is going to be that the next like i guess how to say like a geno smith like you're gonna get a, you're gonna be a backup <laughs> for a while and until you get your chance again but you haven't we haven't really seen a well he's played enough to where the broncos were like we don't want him no more even the fans so i don't know i think hey, we'll, we'll, we'll trade we'll trade him back if we'll trade him back if they want him of you course know, we'll trade him back just him alone for, we really want to keep him though Bradley but Chuck like we really want to keep we, we really want to keep him so they're gonna have to give us a lot Right. We really want to keep him. That's why we just don't have him on a contract or anything, right? We yeah. just have whatever his contract is for this season. But yeah, they're both on a contract. I just think we're gonna keep Gino. Maybe let Drew Locke go. I think we're we depending on how the season goes, depending on where our draft stock is lining up towards like the last quarter of the, the season, we'll so we'll we'll do those little draft checks and stuff like that, especially who we would want to get picked. But I think we're gonna maybe draft a quarterback and put him behind Gino. For like a year or two, right? So you see what I'm saying? That's if we have the capital. If we're like low, 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 like to the point where we're like, unless you trade up both of those first round picks to get like remotely high, then at that point, it's like, ah, don't even do it. Just wait till the next season. But then we're going to be back in the, like, I do, I do think we need to get that quarterback at some point. I think Bryce Young from like Alabama and stuff is going to be up for the draft and all that. So we'll see what happens. I think, I think the important thing is that we don't reach. Like, like we've we've highlighted how 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 much our defensive line and linebackers are struggling right now, mm-hmm. and I think you know if the opportunity comes where you know if you have like an excellent defensive end you know that's out there you know ready to grab oh, versus edge? a like, prospect like an quarterback, like an versus edge what? Okay. Yeah, an edge, edge player. player. Yeah, 
Yeah, if you find someone in that role, because edge is the neutral term for like the the outside linebacker in a three four versus like the defensive in a four three, right? Correct. So if you find like that edge, you know, you know, if that if there's an elite edge available versus you know an okay quarterback that can maybe be great, you know, go for the edge because that's that's what you need. You know, don't mm-hmm. go reaching. Our defense um, does need work, and I think we'll. Like in my priority, it's literally just the only thing you need to work. The first priority is quarterback. If you have the draft capital, the draft capital. If you don't, move on to building out that defense. Yeah, like you were and uh, it, I think this is one thing that they've kind of done pretty well up to the point. You know, they they don't typically reach. I don't. I don't want to say the. I don't want to say that. That and then have to eat my words. Mm-hmm. But in the in in the first round, they typically don't reach for players. I would say. No, we reach. Um, you you think oh I guess if you think about like we Sir, reached for Jer- think about our past first round picks real quick. How many of them are still on the team, huh? Not many of them are on the team still, and we Bru- well Bruce Irvin is back, and I think Bruce Irvin was a first round pick. <laughs> Bruce Irvin's back, sure, uh, but, but I don't like, think anybody else. Well, Rashad Penny, you know, he finally was showing what his worth was, and of course injuries. Who else do we have? Like it was a lot of those defensive end players, Malik. I'm I'm thinking Malik of, McDowell, yeah, but Malik, he never actually, played yeah, for us. Exactly, he had accident. I think he was a second round. He was like yeah. we we do a lot of trading out of the first round while we were in those successful years, and we also traded away picks for like Percy Harvin and uh, Jamal Adams and that, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Brooks was a first, first round pick. Yeah, that was fine, and that's a good pick for us. And we're still like we're still going through that. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, there it is. Yeah, so we had Charles Cross, we had Jordan Brooks in 2020, Charles Cross in the past 22, 21, we didn't have a pick, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. 2019 was LJ Collier, who he's coming back finally from an injury, then before him... He's never shown to be that guy, though. Right, and then before him was Rashad Penny. Before who him... Have, who who Rashad, could have been the guy? Right, 2018 was Rashad Penny, 2017 we had no pick, or we traded out. I think that was the year we were definitely trading down a lot. Mm-hmm. 2016, Jermaine Effetti. Uh, he was a starter. He's not on the team anymore. I think he plays for the Giants now. But and then you go all the way back he, before. Then 2013, 14, 15, we had no. We kept trading. That was when we were doing the whole trading down thing every year. But 2012 definitely was Bruce Irvin. Yeah. Definitely. So I mean, you know, we actually haven't had a lot of first round picks to begin with. <laughs> yeah, we tried. Yeah, we we tried with uh, try actually trying to get an edge player. I think we just we can't scout edge players correctly unless you're in the top five right the top five mm-hmm. or ten you'll know you're a top five or ten kind of people but like once you get outside of that we have issues because we're always i think if i think round. drafting in general like you know how would you let a guy like Tariq woolen who's been balling out up to this point go all the way to the fifth round right it's no one knows scouting right? him at, like the only the only picks that are like unanimous are usually like we know who like the top five players are we, maybe true. they they vary on the order depending on who's drafting true but beyond that you know maybe maybe i'll say like i'll say the first half of the first round you know, you, you know who's... it is a crapshoot. You were correct. It's a crapshoot. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah. And so in, in terms of like the draft strategy, like we were saying, just, you know, don't, don't, um, don't, don't try to package your capital and, um, you know, reach on a player or something like that. I think the bears kind of shot themselves in the foot when they did that with, I think the, with the Rams, I can't remember who, I think the Rams had like the first overall pick or the second overall pick one year. And then they just traded it for an entire bounty or maybe that was the Eagles. It was Eagles. I can't remember. No, not Eagles. It was somebody because I do remember they traded up for Justin Fields, I thought, didn't they? I think so. Yeah, and I like who it was with, but regardless, yeah. 
<laughs> and I think Miami actually traded. I think the other joke was that Miami traded up to to draft Tua, and then you know Herbert went right after, right? Right. Think- but you never know because even there was a lot of people saying they didn't they didn't really trust Herbert, but all of a sudden yeah. Herbert got in. There's like, oh my god, I was wrong. So we'll never all, know. All thanks to that doctor that punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. Yo. Yeah, who, is, uh, who is now also treating, I think, uh, Justin Herbert's broken rib, right? I don't know, man. I don't know at this point anymore because that's funny still to this day. That that's, that's funny in dark humor sense, but that just sucks. Still. I think that's the same thing. That's how Davis Mills got his start at Houston, right? Because he went to Houston right after, and uh, I think Tyrod Taylor got injured pretty immediately, and that's when Davis Mills started. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tyrod couldn't even catch a break, man. He can't catch yeah, I feel for the guy. I mean, he, he goes to Buffalo. He yeah. goes to Buffalo and he puts the team on his back and then he gets traded. <laughs> yeah, so now I think he, he got traded. The, yeah, he he been traded or he's just been to free agency. So now he's just that bridge quarterback at this point. I, we're getting to a point where it's either the next couple of seasons, like so the next one to like after, either after this season or the next two to three seasons after he will probably retire. But um, yeah, that's all. That's it where it's at right now. So yeah, yeah. That's with that, that's I mean that's all I got on my end. So. Um, that's all from us here at the Misreps Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at our handle at Misreps, and we hope to see you again next week. Peace. <laughs>